go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussin' and a discussin' with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, crmw.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. Here we go, off and running on this Friday on the front porch, the 20th day of January, 2023. This is the Horn. Head on. is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. Oh, my God, no, really? Roger in Oregon in the chat room, a picture of uh, the Photoshop of George Santos, Katara uh, uh, Repugnant, Anthony DeVolder, whatever their name is. Photoshopped onto a Dallas Cowboy. Dallas Cowboys signed new field goal kicker. Yeah, why not? Hi, I'm Robin. And uh, if you pop by the chat room uh, about now, uh, you'll be greeted by early arrivers Squeaky and Ralphs and Kid Mark and capably moderated by longtime inveterate indefatigable veteran chat room moderator Sparky. And he is capably assisted by Horn Chief Agronomist and Head Mathematician and... Uh, Bud Trimmer Emeritus, Roger in Oregon. Um, <laughs> stop it, Roger. It was George in, a, George in a space suit. It was an honor to be the first man on the moon. <laughs> it's going to be that kind of evening, is it? Yeah. Um, it is Friday on the front porch, so in a little under an hour, we will go over the river and through the woods to the Old Holler Tree, where we uh, keep the extraordinary, ordinary round table around which we gather every Friday, having sublet the aforementioned Old Holler Tree from the Keebler Elves. You know, they, they weren't doing anything with it anyway. And uh, we'll cuss and discuss and see what's on people's minds. Listen, you're free to jump in. I'd love it if I was not the only woman in the uh, in the chat room. It gets a little lonely in there sometimes. Uh, but uh, pop on by. It's easy. There's a button where you don't even have to use Skype. You just boom. You're in the chat room, um, and uh, there, you know, there you go. So again, that's about in an hour's time. I'll fill a robster over some things uh, uh, here in a little bit. Uh, but every program here begins with gratitude, because we ain't got no buy gold now ads, and we're fresh out of uh, ads for stupid beats or Alabama sex clams or. Bose Wave radios, or, you know, it's been so long since I listened to right-wing radio, I don't even know what kind of nostrums and patent medicine they're hustling these days. Uh, but uh, uh, nonetheless, thank you so much to our buddy Reverbo over in Maryland. That would be uh, Reverbo the human man, still waiting for his helium pants to go with his dirigible. Thanks also to Dr. John in New Mexico. Thanks to Ralph's. 
Thanks to Vincent. Thank you, Vincent. Thank you to uh, Armand, so very kindly. Thank you to uh, David in Oregon for jumping in. Thank you all so much for being the reason this program continues to exist and survive um, through thick and thin over nearly two decades. Um, what's that natural? Natural 321 says, I'm going to be doing an open mic this evening. Um, well, how about that? Break a leg. Uh, well, damn it, sorry. If you tell me to break a leg, there's a chance I might. I, I can't say the GL phrase, but what do you want? The roof to come down on you? I at least have enough manners to say break a leg. Um, thank you so much, everybody, for keeping this going. The fundraising goal stands at, uh, I think it's somewhere around 840 to finish the week. Um, that would um, get us, well, here, I guess we're, yeah, we're two-thirds of the way done pretty much with the month of January, and that would, um, that would, that would actually finish the week fully funded. Fantastic. Um, if we can do that. No challenges on the, uh, on the table, but nonetheless, uh, maybe we can plug away at it. Uh, a little bit of an update to the, 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 the story that, the mystery that took up uh, the first hour of the program yesterday. You know, in the midst of it all, I, I, I completely overlooked, hey, look, there's a, man, it's a room full of cops. There's Steve from Georgia stand, Brother Bishop Steve. Steve! Um, I couldn't help it yesterday when we were doing the story of, what was, what was his name, George Stupid? Um, and by the way, I, did I mention when we were talking about George Stupid yesterday that he was a, um, a uh, an, election, uh, an election denier? Yeah. Just in case you were looking for another reason. It, right, yeah. Um, but one of the uh, one of one of the one of the aspects of the mystery yesterday that I overlooked is uh, um, I said that I thought it was a conspiracy between Fappy and Sammy Badbreath, but I failed to note one salient fact, namely, Fappy is married to Ginsurrectionist, who of course has been up to her eyeballs in the. Uh, uh, various and sundry white-wing causes, including fetish, fetus fetishism. So, uh, yeah. And I don't know who would be simple enough to uh, believe that report. Jesus. Uh, what's that? What's that, Randy Radar? I want to see the birth certificate. The long-form birth certificate! Um, yeah. But another thing, beyond, beyond the fact that I overlooked Ginsurrectionist Thomas, uh, the, the story about uh, the passing of David Crosby. Just one more thing to add to that. When I was, and it was a lengthy, it was a lengthy obituary, fairly well done, I thought, 
Um, but it talked about the fact that, oh, uh, a while back, you know, David Crosby did a year in prison in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, a pot charge or something like I forget what it. Oh yeah, um, Crosby's drug use left him bloated, broken, alienated. Trust me on this. I'm not doing celebrity gossip. He kicked the addiction in 1985. 1986 did a year's prison stretch in Texas on drug and weapons charges. Okay, so he was charged and convicted in Texas. And they stuffed him in jail immediately. Here's the wrinkle. He had an appeal pending. If you want a good example of a two-tiered justice system, right here we are. He appealed his conviction on drug and weapons charges... The conviction was eventually overturned, but he still did a year in prison. Would anybody care to wonder what I immediately thought of? Because I know you know. I immediately thought of uh, that guy with the three popped collars who looks like what rancid hot dog water smells like who is still walking around free even though he has been duly and properly convicted in a United States District Court but is still walking around because he's got an appeal going right (sighs) now David Crosby delighted millions created beautiful music did a year in prison, even though he, he, even though it was a dirty conviction. Uh, Steve Bannon, whose single greatest claim to fame is attempting to overturn constitutional governance in the United States, is walking around free. It pisses me off. And yes two or three or four or five tiered justice system and on top of that because he is walking around free with the news that uh, with the with the news about Katara Ravash you know you know um, now that uh, we all know that George Anthony DeVoler Katara Ravash Inigo Montoya Generalissimo Francisco Franco. Now that we know he's a drag queen, too. The man who looks like rancid hot dog water smells has declared him to be, his words, not mine, he just became bulletproof. You know what he means by that. Because George DeVolder, Anthony Santos, Katara, 
Ravash, Gaius, Julius, Caesar, Nicholas, Romanov is a drag queen. That means he thinks that nobody, uh, 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 the Bannon thinks that nobody will touch him because, of course, we all defend the drag queens. You know, dumbass. Uh, we've been over this. You'd, you know, you could tune into the program and learn a little bit. But Jeffrey Dahmer, well, no. Just because uh, just just because he queued it up 15 years ago, doesn't mean he gets a pass. Besides, I'm sure he's repented now. Jesus, the thing. Oh, and today in January 6th. Uh, this story uh, was, uh, no, I, I saw it today. Three active duty members of the United States Marine Corps have now been uh, charged as participants in the terrorist attack on the capital of the United States in an attempt to overturn constitutional governance herein. Uh, the three active-duty Marines are Micah Coomer, Joshua Abate, I don't know, maybe there's a Swiss pronunciation, and Dodge Dale Halonen. Uh, they were taken down on misdemeanor charges after uh, uh, their comrades in the Corps helped investigators to identify them in the uh, footage of the terrorists attacking the Capitol. Um, there are a lot, there have been a significant number of um, former members of the military. These guys were active duty. Uh, Micah Coomer comes from Taliban, Indiana. He is stationed at Camp Pendleton in. Uh, the greater San Diego area. Joshua Abate is in the Marine Corps at Fort Meade in Maryland. And Dodge Dale Halonen uh, from Michigan. Abate, by the way, is from Virginia. Ooh, Virginia. Uh, Abate, uh, and then um, Halonen, Dodge Dale Halonen, He's at Camp Lejeune in North Carolina. All told, they almost, they spent almost an entire ap, uh, hour inside the Capitol. Uh, they put a, a maggot hat on a statue and took pictures with it. And uh, Dodge Dale Halonen was carrying one of those urine-colored snake flags. Don't read to me. And, of course, uh, Micah Coomer took pictures, posted them to Instagram, said he was glad to be a part of history. And then, uh, with that post, he went on to discuss the election was rigged uh, with some other mouth-walking, knuckle-breathing freak. 
Micah Coomer also said in January 2021, Everything in this country is corrupt. And then he said, We honestly need a fresh restart. I'm waiting for the boogaloo. And somebody said, What's a boogaloo? And he said, Civil War II. And you know, there's there's race there's racist overtones to the, using the term boogaloo. Uh, it refers to a horrible movie called Breaking Two Electric Boogaloo. And you might remember that the uh, uh, another gang of uh, right wing fascist freaks, uh, well, the Boogaloo Incel Tactical Command Headquarters executive staff, who engage in violence while wearing. Aloha shirts, um, and they refer to the, the Aloha shirts are a reference to the Big Luau, which is another word for the Boogaloo. Mm. So you got three traitors to the United States who somehow or another have continued to be active duty members of the United States Marine Corps. What's even worse? Uh, back in June, Abate, the guy from Old Virginia, had to go through a security clearance re- uh, interview. And he said, yup, me and two of my buddies, we walked through the Capitol on January 6th. We uh, walked around and tried not to get hit with tear gas. Here's the fun part. Abate was assigned to the Marine Cryptologic Support Battalion, which is intimately associated with the National Security Agency. Y'all, they're still doing it. And they didn't do anything to the dude when he confessed that he was part of the terrorist attack on the capital of the United States on January 6, 2021. They're facing misdemeanor charges of illegal entry and disorderly conduct. This is revolting. Absolutely putrid. And I've got to, I'm going to say something here. Really? On a show where you say a lot of things, Robin? I frankly don't much care about whether or not they're prosecuted uh, in these, these uh, wrist-slapping affairs that have been going on under the aegis of the Department of Justice. These three little shitbirds, these three traitors, need to be court-martialed. Because there is a greater... Forget the civilian uh, criminal offenses of trespass or going poo-poo in the Capitol or whatever these miscreants did. Traitors, insurrectionists, seditionists. <laughs> 
They should be court-martialed. And there is a strong argument to be made that insofar as he is an advocate for a civil war against citizens of the United States, Coomer should be put up against a wall or maybe mounted on a scaffold and either shot or hanged. And the same for Abate and the same for their other buddy, uh, Halonen. They had no business with MAGA hats. They had no business with urine-colored snake flags. And they are, in fact, oath-breaking traitors. Charge them under the Uniform Code of Military Justice. Try them before... Try them before the mast. Convict them. And give them the harshest possible punishment. In this case, while I'm while I am not in favor of the death penalty generally, these three fucks well, in this case it might provide a deterrent effect. Do not commit treason against the United States if you are a member of the active duty military. Fuck them. Sick semper whatever the Latin word is for traitor. I guess that's I guess that's really harsh on my part. But to be an active duty Marine and say that you wanted to engage in warfare against the people of your own country. You know, somewhere in there, I think there's a conflict with that all enemies foreign and domestic thing. And in fact, he has, they have, these three have become domestic enemies of the United States of America. And having done so while under the flag and under oath, it seems to me that there should be some forfeiture of life and limb. At the very least, they should be court-martialed and never see the light of day uh, that do, in, in, in a facility that doesn't have bars around it. Uh, yeah, so it would be... Th- thank you, Ralphs. The uh, survey is the ad hoc... Oh, there it is. Yeah. Six Semper Praditor. Ralph serving as the uh, Horn Ad Hoc uh, Latin Translation Department. Sic Semper Praditor. Thank you, Ralph. By the way, Ralph said earlier, uh, Come on, everybody. Don't make me sick Kayla uh, on Lassie. Uh, Oh, and a pretty picture of Kayla and her kicker toy. Yeah. Oh, that's adorable. Kind of, she kind of, she's kind of got a don't mess with me look on her sweet little face. Lee in New York, Abate. I had a coworker with that surname. He pronounced it 
abete. It may be, but there was not an accent grave over the E. Not sounds say accent grave over the E. Wait, what? Um, Brother Deacon Asa says, you do know what the latest craze is. Whiskey appreciation man crates, damn it. Let's me out. Maybe that's why I don't know about it. Meanwhile, the uh, um, uh, Major Kevin Stevenson, a spokesman for the Marine Corps, said, uh, we are aware of the allegations, and the Marine Corps is fully cooperating with appropriate authorities in support of the investigation. Fuck that! Court-martial the bastards! Up against the wall, you redneck mothers. I guess that's mean of me. And from the Department of Jaw of, of Jaw Dropping Injustice, you know that yesterday we talked about uh, Ron Monkey up DeClantis's uh, war on African American history. Richie Torres, uh, an openly gay black man and a member of Congress, went after him yesterday and burnt him to the ground. Um, he tweeted that uh, apparently now don't say gay has been replaced by don't say black in Florida and while we're at it just as an update to yesterday we, we talked about what happens if you replace um What happens if you replace, um, um, you know, African-American studies with fill-in-the-blank? Uh, Richie Torres says, Shocking! Ron DeSantis has banned the teaching of AP African-American studies in Florida. Florida's gone from don't say gay to don't say black. He's right. The, here's the, uh, the punchline, though. In the state of Florida, they have AP courses in their high schools there on European history, Japanese language and culture, German language and culture, and, of course, Spanish, in addition to a whole bunch of other ones. It's just that we can't... They Florida cannot tolerate African-American history. I mean, I wonder if, the, and, and, and I'm not criticizing the presence of those other other uh, other units. They, I mean, seems like most of what kids get taught anyway is European history. But Japanese language and culture, since the College Board runs these AP courses, you reckon the Japanese language and culture AP course includes? the internment of loyal American citizens of Japanese descent in concentration camps during the Second World War? Or the fact that we did not intern, uh, round up and intern perfectly loyal American citizens of German or Italian extraction 
while we were interning the Japanese? Is that woke? To me, it just seems like something we should probably be teaching as a function of, you know, American history. Good. But the, you know, the, 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 the patent, the, the racism is apparent, shriekingly so. Uh, state Senator, Florida State Senator Chevron Jones, also uh, uh, gay and black, said that uh, uh, it's crazy how AP Amer- African American Studies made the chopping block in Florida. The College Board was less than thrilled. They, uh, a, a spokesperson there uh, talking to CBS said, like all new AP courses, AP African American Studies is undergoing a rigorous multi-year pilot phase, collecting feedback from teachers, students, scholars, and policymakers. We look forward to bringing this rich and inspiring exploration of African American history and culture to students across the country, but not in Florida. But once again, we run, we, we run headlong into the fundamental problem with all of this, namely that it's not just Ron Monkey up to Clantis and his fascist Florida legislature. There are millions of Floridians who are absolutely thrilled to freaking pieces that there will not be African American studies as an advanced placement course in Florida schools. I guess there's no point in being surprised. But there we are. Oh, I had a, um, a, a note from Tamara. Hey, front porch. Slip Robin a few extra ducats if you can. I'm hoping this new barista gig I start tomorrow works out so I can begin squirreling away a few dollars out of my tips to contribute to ye olde Horn Family Fund. Wish me well. All the well wishes, Tamara. You know we, we love you. Thanks for the kind words, and good luck. Uh, embarking on uh, your barista career, that's going to be hard work. The vocabulary alone it, it would probably ruin me. It, it takes me five. It, it feels like it takes five minutes for me to. Let's see. I need a. Uh, I need a double shot, decaf, venti, latte, brevet. Did I get? And I always look at my barista and say, "Did I get it right?" And what's your name, Robin? You got it right, Robin. Thank you. Because I really do love it that way. Although I did have a, have somebody at a at a uh, an independent coffee shop go, "What's breve?" I mean, it's a latte you make with half and half. Oh, why didn't you say so? Because they look at me funny other places when I said. <laughs> And I wanted to share a note with you that I got from our friend Camille. Um, Camille uh, lives down around the Gulf Coast. Uh, I met Camille a couple of years ago at the Trans Beach Weekend. Uh, she wrote, Good morning, West Virginia. Afternoon now. Uh, I had to reach out. 
I'm dining lunch alone and was catching up on your broadcast and have to say I'm listening to Thursday's Thorn in the Side and I have my ear pods in and I've just randomly been blurting out in laughter and my waiter had to know what I was listening to, LOL. Tell your server, spread the word, be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, Camille. Few tables over, two gentlemen <clears throat> overheard and began a loud conversation about needing to have trans people outlawed and then of continuing our criminal behavior and then lined up and shot. Because they talk out in public like that down in Alabama. Yeah, this is my typical day here in Alabama. I loudly engage in conversation with myself so they could hear that I uh, that uh, had they tried that with my Jewish ancestors and may I say never again. Anyway, thanks for the laughs, and if you're ever free, give me a give me a holler. Have a great day. Have a great day, and a big howdy to the Horn Family Community Congregation, Camille. Thank you, Camille. You know, every now and then I get a note from somebody who says, "I was listening. I was was listening to the horn today while in public, and people were looking." I think the first, uh, I got some really weird looks while listening to the podcast note came from Matt in San Francisco. I think Matt was actually listening in the car going through the Castro district or some such with the windows down. And it was prayer meeting Wednesday. And uh, that was one of those moments when in, my, in, my, in, in you know, the before time when I was uh, going... <laughs> I forgot exactly what it was, but uh, I remember Matt saying, I got some looks. <laughs> so, you know, be proud. Feel free. You know, listen listen wherever you are and uh, enjoy your giggles. And if somebody says, what in, the, what in God's name is so funny, just give them the website. And by the way, thanks, everybody, for all, all the time you do spend listening, however you spend listening. Um, and by all means, on whatever platform you're listening, please like and subscribe and leave a comment. I'm, I'm enjoying the comments I'm seeing over at Podbean. I don't necessarily see them at places like Stitcher or uh, TuneIn or uh, uh, Spotify or other places like that. But I really appreciate it. And, uh, well... It's really encouraging and heartening. And it means the world to me that y'all do get a giggle out of this in the middle of all the serious stuff that we deal with. Because, okay, here's some serious stuff. Jesus. You remember when Ron Monkey up DeClantis? It seems like we're kind of staying in Florida here for a few minutes. You remember when Ron Monkey up DeClantis uh, fired that prosecutor after the Dobbs decision was handed down last year because he signed a letter saying that he would not participate in the prosecution of uh, people seeking or performing abortions. The language of the letter that he signed with other prosecutors all around the country said that they would refrain from prosecuting those who seek, provide, or support abortions. And um, Ron Monkey up to Clantis canned his ass for that. And then the prosecutor sued. Reminds me of a story, you know, once upon a time, uh, the Tater family 
was gathered around the table at the evening meal, you know, Daddy Idaho Potato and Idaho Tater and Ma Russet Tater and their little darling, their little darling Sweet Tater was there at the table and she was looking kind of sheepish and difficult for a tater, but trust me, it's a joke, okay? Um, she said, Mom, Dad, I have something to tell you. Oh, yes, sweet tater, what? Mom, Dad, I've, uh, I've fallen in love. What? What, baby girl, what? You've fallen in love? Who with? Her parents look at her, full of hope, suddenly thinking of little tater grandchildren. And, uh, don't spoil it, Steve. And she said, that's right, I'm in love. I've fallen in love with Ron DeSantis. And suddenly the Idaho Tater and Russet Tater's faces just fell. And Idaho Tater said, oh no, 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 Pumpkin. You can't marry him. He's a dictator. You dick! I had to. I just had to. So, yeah, Steve just wrote in and said, is this the commentator joke? Well, it is, but I changed it. See? I changed it. He's a dictator. Because Ron Monkey Up DeClantis is a dictator. He will rule what people can say, can think, the actions they can take... Uh, how they can dress, how they can present themselves, and Florida is just a shithole. Sorry, Florida members of the Horn Family Community Congregation. No offense. Um, so, uh, the lawyer uh, sued Ron Monkey up to Clantis, Andrew Warren, And United States District Judge um, Robert L. Hinkle, sitting in Tallahassee, made a series of findings. Because he ruled in the case. Judge Hinkle ruled specifically that Ron Monkey Up DeClantis clearly violated Andrew Warren's First Amendment rights under the United States Constitution because he targeted him for his public statements, public political statements. Remember, political speech is the most precious and guaranteed of all forms of free speech in the United States. But Judge Hinkle wasn't done. He also said that Ron Monkey Up DeClantis breached the Florida Constitution, too, because he said Andrew Warren displayed, quote, not a hint of misconduct in office. Judge Hinkle went on to say that Prosecutor Warren was diligently and competently performing the job he was elected to perform. That's right. 
the dictator of Florida can remove someone who was elected to office by voters in that district, regardless of the will or intent of the voters. Ron Monkey up to Clantis has the dictatorial powers to completely disenfranchise an entire county. So, monkey up violated both the Florida and the United States constitutions. You know, if they had a real legislature down there, the legislature might actually move to impeach the son of a bitch for that, just out there trampling on the Constitution. Uh, But, uh, he went on and said that uh, Andrew Warren was removed because monkey up and his, uh, the dictator and his, um, Minions, toadies, and lickspittles wanted to get rid of a prosecutor with whom they disagreed. Even though no policy had been formally adopted. Yeah, yeah. And then Judge Hinkle said, all of this is true. But the 11th Amendment to the Constitution, quote, prohibits a federal court from awarding declaratory or injunctive relief of the kind at issue against a state official based only on a violation of state law. Huh? What? Yeah. Andrew Warren lost the case. Even though there were was clear, uncontrovertible proof that Monkey Up tap danced all over his constitutional rights. Now, 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 doesn't doesn't that just beat Aardvark's fucking? So that made me run off and. Uh, want to have a quick look, just a refresher. As to the 11th Amendment. The 11th Amendment says, The judicial power of the United States shall not be construed to extend to any suit in law or equity commenced or prosecuted against one of the United States by citizens of another state or by citizens who are subjects of any foreign state. That's it. I'm wondering if this is appealable. Granted, it'll be appealed to the 11th Circuit, which is crazier than a sprayed roach. Andrew Warren is a citizen of the state of Florida. He's not a citizen of another state, Georgia, South Carolina, Alabama. He's not a citizen or subject of any foreign state. Hinkle went on to say the governor would have made the same decision anyway, even without considering these things. The First Amendment violations were not essential to the outcome and so do not entitle Mr. Warren to relief in this action. Fuck your civil rights. Maybe we'll talk about this when we get over into the old holler tree. This bugs me. 
so you can you can actually be absolutely right in a case and still not win it. How about that, sports fans? Apparently, we are glitching. Uh, well, okay. A, a tough crowd. First, I got Ralph saying, I'm sorry, Robin, but that DeSantis joke gets a Gunner from me. I have no idea if that's how one spells Gunner. You spelled it correctly, Ralph. And then there's Brother Deacon Asa. You're going to dine on a big, fat, salubrious murder hornet in the depths of the hot place for that dictator crack. Piss on you, Kincaid. <laughs> well, it wasn't meant to be highbrow humor. Give a girl a break. And I guess we've just had a glitch in the stream. Thanks for letting me know, Randy. Appreciate it. And, uh, oh, wow. Uh, note coming in from Matt in San Francisco. I guess, I, hey, Matt, did I, did I conjure you? Um, subject line, vacation challenge. Tomorrow, vacation starts. We're going to the Philippines for three weeks. It's a 16-hour flight, so I'm not sure of the time zone difference, so I'll probably have to catch the podcast for the next three weeks. I'll throw out a $100 tropical challenge. If it's met, I'll throw in another 60 $10 for every hour on the plane. going to be a long run. Matt, I, I can't help how I think. Who's, ta who's taking care of Ferdinand and Imelda? Are they are they are they uh, boarding at uh, a, uh, a a wonderful place that loves Yorkies? I hope so. I know you wouldn't do otherwise because I don't think you can take Ferdinand and Imelda with you for a three week trip. God, that's going to be an amazing trip, and I, I assume that uh, you'll be. I'm certain that you'll be visiting with your husband's lovely family. That would be wonderful, just amazing. Be safe, stay safe, and come home safely. And thank you so much for the challenge. So there's $100 out there on the table waiting to be matched, in which case when it is, um, we will have knocked down the, uh, well, let's see. So that would be two, 260 bucks would get us down, um, well, down into the $500 neighborhood. Thank you. Thank you, Matt, and I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful trip. And uh, Ralphs just jumped in, and so there's $75 to go on the challenge now. Thank you, Ralphs. That's so kind of you. Thank you. So, um, a little bit, uh, let's see, what else is in the stack? Oh, a movie. This will have the uh, maggots hopping up and down and flinging poo. The filmmaker who is behind uh, The Born Identity and Mr. and Mrs. Smith has just completed his first documentary. Uh, director Doug Lyman has created a movie 
called Justice. It's a documentary. It has been made with an eye toward making sure that there was next to no noise about it whatsoever, but it was announced today that it will be featured at the Sundance Film Festival. Uh, Sundance Film Festival director Kim Yutani said that the documentary challenges existing narratives about the investigation of Brat Kavanaugh and what he is alleged to have done to Christine Blasey Ford. And in a statement about the film, Doug Lyman says that the FBI fell woefully short when they took only the most cursory glance at the allegations made by Dr. Ford about what Brat did to her when she was a high schooler at a party and had had too much to drink. You know, when uh, he, when Brat and Quee and Boof decided to try to have sex with a little girl who was passed out. We know now, of course, that the FBI said, yeah, we got a bunch of complaints, and then just turned them over to the White House. Maybe they were in some of those boxes that went down to Mara Lardass. Uh, Kim Yutani went on to say that it is a very powerful documentary that we felt was important to add. We saw it practically yesterday, and it's a film I think challenges existing narratives. I think it asks tough questions, and I think it provokes conversations. Well, I'm, 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 all, I'm all for all of that. It would be extra special nice if it provoked Brat Kavanaugh to do the decent and honorable thing and resign from the court. Of course, Brat Kavanaugh is anything but decent and honorable. Remember, he was right there helping to play play around, and this was he was the guy. Remember, who wanted lots and lots of salacious pornographic details in the Ken Starr report. Ken Starr, now a, a member of the uh, cast of Pineapple Express in Hell. Yeah. So I don't know how long it will take to hit some streaming platform, but I certainly hope it does. Yeah, I don't know. That's just it. Scott in San Diego. Uh, Kavanaugh's pal was named Queef. I, I, I just think of him as Queef and Boof. Uh, they, they were stupid nicknames. But it just sticks in my head. Sorry. Uh, uh, let me see here. Check other messages.
Um, I just did, Dave number 11. Oh, my God. Uh, Scott in San Diego. Um, that photo. Mr. Sunshine. A lot going on down here. A picture, of, a, a photo of Scott and another radio station employee from a remote in God knows when. Looks like, uh, well, 1973-ish, I guess. Wow. That's so... If you're friends with, uh, if you're friends with Scott on Facebook, go over and look at that wonderful, wonderful old photograph. That's fantastic. Um, so, uh, okay, a little, little hiccup in the uh, flow of things. Note coming from Dave in the Blind. George Santos's new job. Everyone knows that George is the natural-born child of Donald John Trump. Therefore, the new right-wing musical George Santos' Stupid Star will be opening in uh, within the next year. All right-wingers must attend this. is mandatory. After all, Trump, uh, Trumpaville of the God Emperor commands it. P.S. Kevin McCarthy would like it, too, just to give George something to do so that he'll have a vote. Uh, Oh wow, uh, Ron and Raleigh. I have not, I have not heard that. Uh, in honor of David Crosby, I think uh, Jason Isbell appears to. Uh, what is this? Uh, September seventeenth, two thousand nineteen. Jason Isbell in the four hundred unit, playing alongside David Crosby, Ohio. Wow. Wow, how cool. Let's see, what else? Uh, we had the, uh, the, the January 6th um, maggot marine traders earlier. Let's check in with one we already knew about. Former window salesman from Gravit, Arkansas... I don't know if that's in uh, near Dardanelles in Yale County. Sorry. Uh, Richard Bigo, Bigo Barnett. This is the asshole who propped his feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk and uh, left a note. Hey, Nancy. Bigo was here, you biatch. Dude actually tried to copyright that note which he left on the speaker's desk. Uh, he's going through... Uh, he, he's in trial now. And he's been... He, he, he testified in his own defense and probably not the smartest idea. And when the prosecution 
cross-examined him, uh, this transpired. Uh, prosecutor said, you love the Constitution? Big O. Barnett said, love it! First Amendment? Yes! Second Amendment? Yes! Love the Third Amendment? Which Big O. Barnett said, yes! At which point, this would have been a beautiful moment to be in the courtroom. After answering, yes, to love the Third Amendment, the prosecutor looked at him and said, what is the Third Amendment? At which point, Big O. <sighs> took a two count and said, well, no. The Third Amendment is probably the least referenced amendment because it was a problem that the that was foremost in the minds of the framers and well not so much anymore that's the uh, quartering of troops in the homes of citizens amendment Now, Big O is looking at eight counts, uh, felony obstruction of an official proceeding and entering a restricted building with a dangerous weapon. His pettifoggers have had an interesting time of it. Last, uh, last, last September, they actually filed a motion in limine that the prosecution be banned from using certain words, namely terrorism, insurrectionist, rioter, attack on the capital, attack on democracy, white supremacy, police were killed, and stun gun. Probably all terms that actually applied to things that big O did. They also filed a motion, uh, or not, they, they, actually not a motion, they, they tried to argue in court that uh, he shouldn't be prosecuted, Big O of Gravit, Arkansas. He shouldn't be prosecuted because he only wound up in Nancy Pelosi's office because he was looking for the potty. And he just accidentally walked it, you know, because, Haley, are you out there, hon? Can you help me here? Uh, are people from Gravit, Arkansas, known for maybe mistaking the words Speaker of the House for restroom? So I haven't seen uh, I haven't 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 seen that there's a verdict yet. Lordy, I hope it doesn't hurt too little. Meanwhile, the, uh, the, the uh, Byron Donald has called the Wambulance. Because, you remember Byron. Byron, who's been in the House of Representatives since 2020, and who was announced as a history-making Republican because we have two candidates, two black men who are candidates for the speaker. And Cory Bush just burnt him to the ground. Said, you're a prop. 
Well, Byron Donalds went to Twitter to pogo stick up onto the cross. On Twitter, he said, Today my D.C. office received a copy of the world-renowned book. Wait for it. You know who's going to laugh more at this than anybody else in the Horn Family Community Congregation? Because I do. Today my D.C. office received a copy of the world-renowned book Uncle Tom's Cabin by Harriet Beecher Stowe. Whoever sent this book did so with hate in their heart and the desire to depict me as a sellout. Honey, unless there was a letter accompanying it saying, Dear Donald, you're a sellout, your interpretation is entirely on you. Not saying, just saying. Then he went on to say, Concentration and mental toughness are the margins of victory. Cori Bush was right. She said, despite being black, he supports a policy agenda intent on upholding and perpetuating white supremacy. His name being in the mix for speaker is not progress. It's pathetic. Good for her. Oh, uh, going back to uh, Big O, Darlene in Connecticut says, they are dumb enough to equate the Speaker's office with the potty. Is this the jackhole with his feet up on Nan's desk? If sure, if so, boy, he sure did have to go potty bad. That's the guy. The very one, Darlene. And the difference between Byron Donalds and Hakeem Jeffries, night and day. Byron got in a bit of a pissing match with Corey Bush. I would advise him, you know, that you don't don't do that. He said nobody asked Corey Bush her opinion on the matter. Before you judge my agenda, let's have a debate over the policies and outcomes. Until then, don't be a crab in a barrel. And then he went to cry on Fox News TV Radio Rwanda, where he's one of the good ones. Man, that sucked, man. To be honest with you, man. If you see a black man rising, let the man rise, even if you don't agree with him. I, I don't think I'm even going to take the time to deconstruct that. Because if I see a black man rising, and he's rising with a clan hood on, or he's rising with a red armband with a Hockenkreutz on it. No, sorry. I'm not going to agree. And I'm not going to help him rise. And for that, for you know, for all intents and purposes, that is Byron Donalds. Out there being an enabler for people who absolutely despise... Wonder what Byron Donalds thinks about it, because you know he's from he's 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 in Congress from Florida. Wonder what he thinks about uh, the uh, "Don't Say Black, No AP African American History" that has 
no educational value unit. If he comes out and says something about that, well, you know what he's going to say, and we're going to find out that Cory Bush has been right all along. Let me rise. Oh, and by the way, just in case you were wondering uh, how stupid Marginal Trailer Queen is, you weren't. She has now opened her mouth and removed all doubt again some more. We've passed the debt limit. We are in a financial mess. The Treasury and uh, well is, is going to engage in some creative accounting to make sure the government doesn't you know, crash. But, well, Barbie Q has announced that uh, she... Uh, isn't in support of a bill to raise the debt ceiling, going so far as to, twi- uh, to, to uh, well, this. I'm going to send something to the Senate um, to make it a Joe Biden's desk to be signed, and we want to make sure that we have things in there that we have to have. I, for right. one, will not sign a clean uh, bill raising the debt, the debt limit. You goddamned idiot. She's not going to sign a bill raising the debt limit. No, no, she's not. Because she's not the president of the United States, and the only the only person who signs bills into law is the president of the United States. And Jesus Christ, it, it, I, she's old enough to have seen. I'm only a bill on Capitol Hill. Communism. I guess. And she got savaged for that. Good. But we do need to raise the debt limit. And, you know, frankly, this is one of those moments where Kevers has to be wondering how long he's going to be speaker. Because the minute that he okay, y'all, I keep uh, it, um, Sparky, you keep connecting, and I keep pressing answer, and then it just hangs up. Um, so try again, please, and we'll get the uh, conversation going. Oh, okay. Sorry, first sneeze of the evening. Connect, please. 
Um, as to uh, Marginal Trailer Queen, Matt in San Francisco. So, oh, and by the way, thank you, Roger. Thank you, Roger, so very much for jumping in. We got fifty dollars to go on Matt's challenge. <laughs> Matt says, "I'll bet her signature is an X." Um, I'm not. I'm not connected, Sparky. He says, "Hang up and let me try again." I'm not connected uh, at all. Um, I'll bet her signature is an X, and I'll bet has, and I'll bet somebody has to help her with that, Matt. You know, Roger in Ohio, thank you so much. So we got fifty dollars to go in order to bring down the fundraising goal from uh, to four hundred and eighty dollars. I'm not connected, Sparky. Um, not being frustrated, it's, it, Sparky said, "Hang up." I, I'm I'm not on the line. Sorry about the dead air. Working. Okay. Okay, I closed Skype on the iPad. Maybe that'll make a difference. get this sorted out in a minute, I promise. podcast, I'll just fast forward past this. I guess they had their march for life today in Washington, D.C. Because they're still not happy that any, any woman has rights in this country. 
Oh, and uh, th- this, I just got a note from uh, Shorty in L.A. Okay, maybe we're connected now. Yay. Um, the, uh, the, the, the continuing saga of Solomon Pena, the guy who went murder for hire in New Mexico... Um, apparently the New York Times reached out to a former donor to Solomon Pena former New Mexico Republican Party Chairman Harvey Yates said he felt very bad, very sad because Pena really had possibilities he gave $5,000 to Pena's campaign last year he came across to me as a very respectful, thoughtful young man you know, even though Pena was known for putting up hate-filled, paranoid conspiracy theory posts and uh, at one point suggested that 2020 election officials should be sent to Guantanamo Bay, raged about the demonic theories of the global elites... I wonder if he used some of that $5,000 for the uh, murder-for-hire scheme. I don't know. Well, it looks like I'm, we're, I'm finally in the uh, old holler tree around the Extraordinary Ordinary Roundtable. Let's find out. Are you there, Sparky? Yes, I am. Hot diggity. My, my Skype screwed up on me when I was trying to kill the regular feed so I wouldn't hear you in two two places, and it, I didn't ring the group, and it, when I went back to Skype, it wouldn't let me ring the group again. So the only way I could do is get everybody out of the call so we could start over. Well, at least we've got it going now. How are you? I am fine. If the sun is out now... It's not raining! It's not going to rain for the foreseeable future. It was perfect timing. I ordered some more firewood today. And I was working moving firewood before the show today. Got a few loads moving around. See, I had the wood dumped out by the man cave. And then I had, because I don't have limited space in the front of the house for wood storage. So I had to. I had this little trailer I hooked to my riding lawnmower, and I pulled the wood around to the front, and I stacked it on the front porch. Well, what we're all wondering about is whether you still have drilling rigs parked in your yard. Yes, I do. And they showed up the other day and told me there was something wrong with the rig, so they were going to fix something. I don't know what they took off or did. Did something and they left, and I haven't seen them since. How, how did they know there was something wrong with the rig when they hadn't used the rig? I don't know. I, didn't think I know, not your pay grade, right? Right. All I know is they're going to drill it sooner or later. You, you on the on you, however, of course, are in favor of the sooner plan, right? Oh, it doesn't matter to me. It's just 
my neighbor will be happy when I have my own well in here. As long as I have water, I'm happy. And I know they're going to do it because the rigs are there and they ain't moving until they got the well through. But it's dry, it's all drying up now. It rained the other night. Well, night, I think. How long? How how dry does it have to be before they can drill? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I haven't talked to them much. They just showed up and they said they had to fix something. So I figured they were taking a part off. I I don't know until they get back again and then I'll find out. But I'm not worried about it. What's the right point? I want to, Steve was talking to me and chat about something. I want to explain it here so I don't have to type it all out. There's this, I, it's not like an app. It's an email group thing. It's called Nextdoor. I don't know if anybody's ever heard yeah, of it. Yeah, I've heard it. I know somebody who uh, used to work for them. Uh, we have it in our neighborhood here. Yeah, okay, so you know what it is. Well, I signed up for it. And there was somebody that was looking for a friends on there. And I said, I said, I'm looking for friends also or something. And this woman contacted me. And we started chatting back and forth on it. And you can message each other on it. So I got a lunch date with her tomorrow at the local restaurant. Well, hot diggity. Cross your fingers and the rest of us will cross ours too. Oh, don't cross your fingers. It's just a lunch date. I don't know if it's going to work out or not. Well, I'll cross, I'll cross my fingers if she shows up. Oh, she's going to show up. We've been messaging back and forth since she asked me if I wanted to meet for lunch. She said, what, where to meet? So there's a, there's a restaurant out at the, the airport we have in Red Rock. It's upstairs on a the main building there. So I'm going to meet her there. Nice. And you can sit there and eat and watch, you know, airplanes take off if anybody's flying that day, you know, civilian aircraft. It's, just, it's a small airport. They have a fuel station there. There's a lot of corporate companies that have hangers and stuff there. Any idea of the name of the family that runs the airport? Not now. Okay, because I was wondering if it was a Puritan family. No, I don't. I don't have any idea. All I know is they've rebombed the restaurant since what it was before. I used to meet my dad there all the time when they lived in Reading. I'd come down and go to breakfast with him, and then I'd come over to the house and help him do stuff or whatever for a Saturday or Sunday. But that's what's up with me.
Good. I hope it's fun. I'll give you a report next Friday. Okay. We'll be with You know this bunch, and they'll be they'll, they'll be right after you, wanting to know. Was well, her name's Patty? She sounds like she's a 49er fan. So uh, if it goes good, I'll invite her to come over and watch the game. Oh, there's a thought. She wants to meet Grady anyway. Aw. Yeah, let's see. Uh, what? So that's uh, uh, Sunday Sunday evening. Well, Sunday afternoon, three thirty your time, right? Cowboys at the Niners. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Well, I'm 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 hoping. There's one thing I well, two things I want out of this. I want the Niners to win. And I want the Cowboys to fuck up in spectacular fashion somewhere along the way, critically. I know this is going to be a horrible thing to say, but I noticed that uh, I forget which which chain it is, but they've got Tony Romo doing uh, spots for him. And the first time I saw the ad, I looked at it and said, huh. I wonder how many takes they. I wonder how many takes they needed before he didn't fumble the sandwich. That's cruel. Oh, it's Subway ads. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Is it Subway? Yeah, they got a lot of sports stars doing their ads. Well, I'm rooting. I'm rooting for the Chiefs tomorrow because I don't want. Uh, I don't want Celine Dion's secret love child to go to the, uh, go any further in the playoffs with the Jags. Yeah, you know, that kid from Clemson. Who's Celine's Dion's secret love child? They're the quarterback for the Jaguars. Oh, Mr. Mr. Clemson? Yeah. What? You yeah, the first... The, his attitude or something? Nah, just... Yeah, gross. First time I saw him, I was like... That kid, that kid looks like Celine Dion's unacknowledged son. Because of his long hair. Well, he just looks like Celine Dion across the board, and, and you know, I, if he loses tomorrow, I oh, just yeah. When if he loses tomorrow, I just want to hear him sing. I won't go on. You know. I know I'm horrible. Yes. Hey, Robin. Hey, Scott. Love the picture. Uh, you want, do you want to hear the story behind that photo? I do. All right, I posted it in the chat because I, I figured not everybody uh, it, 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 uh, knows about my Facebook uh, uh, shenanigans. This, well, I, this was in uh, the, the autumn of 73. I had started working at the station doing nights, six to midnight, Monday through Friday. And my very first day at the station was a one-day engagement during the Calvert County Fair. They needed someone to sit at the station and run the board for the rest of the people who were at the Calvert County Fair broadcasting from there through a phone line, I guess. It's been too many years. So I did, they apparently liked it. 
my the job that I did. And a week or so later, the woman who was in charge of hiring people, Vera was her name, Vera Otto, O-T-T-O, same forwards and backwards, uh, uh, said, we need somebody to work Sunday afternoon, noon to six, on the air. So this was in uh, uh, early 73, like March of 73. And then about two weeks after that, the person who worked six to midnight during the week had quit, had gone to another station somewhere. And they said, well, do you want to work six to midnight, Monday through Friday, and then a weekend shift? And I said, sure, what the hell? So that was my very first radio job uh, down at uh, Prince Frederick, Maryland. And I don't know how I got chosen to be the clown for the remotes. Did you all did you already have clowning experience? Uh, I mean, you've no, told us about really, your previous uh, your, your 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 previous experience, you know, as a kid, you know, magic that kind of stuff. Well, I think you know a couple of Halloweens. I think I was dr- dressed as a clown uh, uh, or Superman, and uh, but the family put the kibosh on that. After I put on a Superman suit that Aunt Emma had got me, I ran through the length of the house, out the open front door, and through the porch screen door, uh, inflicting no great damage to me, but beating the hell out of the screen door. That door was never hung again, uh, but I almost was. I was just a weird child, Robin. That's all I can tell you. But anyway, that in the picture is Mr. Sunshine the station clown, and the girl next to me was, I won't give her last name, her name was Janet, and she was young, like seventh grade, something like that, and she had a mad crush on me. Well, I can't, you know, but I started dating her older sister, which made her no end of angry, not the older sister, but Janet, because she felt that uh, uh, Elfrida, that's the older sister's name, was uh, horning in on uh, where I was. Some, I, but anyway, it, it never worked out. It was, these long-distance uh, relationships never work. And I often think of that family. They were wonderful folks down in Southern Maryland, the mom and the dad and the kids. And wonder what happened to them. Don't know. So that's uh, that's the story of the photo. And if anybody wants a copy of the photo, I will, well, it's right there. I mean, they can just cut and paste. Are you there? We all is. Okay, I thought maybe you all went out for a smoke. You know I quit. You know how I get. Yes, I know, but you, that's it's just an expression. You can go out for a smoke. You're listening smoke. to your story. Yeah, we were listening with right. rapt attention. And oh, a bow. That was that. Oh wow, wow! But uh, God, that—that uh, was—that'll be fifty years. What year is it now? Twenty-three. Yes. Is it, it's twenty-three. Yeah, years. that is fifty. That is fifty years. This uh, this year. I don't believe that. I mean, that doesn't see, even seem possible. You know. But I guess it is. I mean, it is. It's no guess. Time flies when you're having fun. Oh yeah. What? Is, how does they say that? Or how do they say time flies in uh, Latin? It was something like tempus uh, fugit. Fugit. Tempus fugit. fugit. I thought it was fugit. No, there's no, there's no you. No, it's fugit. 
Never mind. Yeah, time. Uh, well, you know, time flies like an arrow. Fruit flies like a banana. Well, yeah, yes, that, that it's very. Thank you, Mister Wizard. Thank you, uh, Mister Peabody, uh, <laughs> or whoever you are this week. But, uh, uh, I read. I posted about this one day on my Facebook. That some people translated time, not time flies, but time flees. Yes. Not like little bugs that bite you, but. Said the flight of the flea, let us fly. Said the fleet of the fly, let us flee. What? <laughs> Eat it? <laughs> uh, sorry. Well, I'm sure there's got to be someone else here. I may as well just shut up and let them on. Because I, I have nothing of value to bring today. I went out and uh, got my refills on my prescriptions. And this other doctor had set me up for an appointment, which I shouldn't have gone to because it was under the auspices of another insurance carrier that, I, that I'd had last year. And I have a different one now. And they were very happy to see me, but there was nothing, unless I wanted to pay out of pocket, you know, and, and make them my primary uh, physician. And I said, no, 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 my primary lives about works about two blocks from where I live you can't beat uh, a convenience like that I thanked them and they thanked me and they gave me a glass of water to take with me and there off I went and away you go yep so now tell me everything you did all of it all of it. I ever don't leave anything out <laughs> because you you may leave out the most important salient point. Well, I do have a uh, I've got a I got a note from Ron and Raleigh about Byron Donald. Someone wrote on Quora today saying that Cory Bush was stupid for suggesting that a black man would push a white supremacist agenda. I've been a black man most of my life, and I've seen many black people that push a white supremacist agenda. When Fred Hampton was murdered by the Chicago police and the FBI led by a man who was passing. People talk about self-hating Jews. Well, there is something called a self-hating Negro. And, yeah, Byron Donald's probably right there. And if somebody if, if somebody decided to hurl an epithet at him, as long as he was a Republican, he'd say, you betcha. And, of course, in the Republican caucus, that's all they, that's not the only word they use if they think that no one's listening. Oh, and uh, going back to Byron Donald again, um, he said, don't be a crab in a barrel. And I need some linguistic help here, and so does Lee in New York. Don't be a crab in a barrel. Is that an idiom or an idiot comment? I don't know. Anybody ever heard that one? Don't be a crab in a barrel? No. What, what, what is don't that? Don't fish in a barrel. Yeah, there's, you know, like shooting fish in a barrel or uh, a crab in a barrel. And that's entirely new to me. Uh, don't, don't bob for apples in a barrel for too long or you'll One bad apple don't spoil the whole bunch, girl. Give it one more chance. I mean, it wasn't that the Jackson 5? Yeah. 
That's all I got. I don't know about cra- don't be a crab in a barrel. How's it going, Horn family? Sparky, go go Niners. And uh, Steve, go Bengals. I'd love to see a Bengals 49ers matchup that harkens back to the wayback machine. Oh, that that would be that would be 80s. historic. Yeah. All yeah. the way all the way back to uh, Icky Woods. Uh, even before that, Chris Collinsworth. Ken Ken Anderson, Kenny Anderson. Remember Kenny Anderson? And then of course Joe and Jerry. Right. And they they may they met twice and the Niners won both matches. Both yeah, both games. Yeah. So that'll be fun. The Packers aren't in it, that's all I care about. That was one of the best games of the year. Was when the Lions knocked the Packers out. Yeah, that was a beautiful thing. I, our, our pal Joy in Ann Arbor enjoyed that immensely. <laughs> I was so happy. Breathe a crab in the barrel. Quick Google search. The analogous theory in human behavior is that members of a group will attempt to reduce the self-confidence of any member who achieves success beyond the others. Out of envy, jealousy, resentment, spite, conspiracy, or competitive feelings to halt their progress. The same claims about behavior are embodied in the phrase tall poopy syndrome. Oh. Hey, Roger. There's another one I've never heard. Hi, Chris. Is the sun out by you? Fuck no. Oh, it's the sun just came out like maybe an hour ago here for the first time in I don't know how long. We had some yesterday, and it's supposed to be patchy for the next three or four days, but haven't seen it. But I did go down to Cottage Grove and picked up five blueberry plants that I'll be uh, putting into the ground tomorrow. So maybe in two or three years we'll have blueberries. So that's not too early. Now's the time. Well, they came into the the territorial seed company shop that I I love down in Cottage Grove, and uh, they just came in. You know, they could be planted anywhere from now through March, but uh, they're going to be kept outside down there at Cottage Grove, and they just get more root bound in the pot. So I may as well poke them in the ground here and let them finish their wintering over. They're in nice six-inch pots. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of dirt that I'm. Uh, uh, the pot's got a lot of dirt, so I'm not going to be disturbing the roots any, and they'll just continue to hibernate until spring gets here, and then they'll leaf out and see what happens. Any, is, is it is it a specific is it a specific kind of blueberry, or is it just? I got three different varieties. One of them, uh, I got two of the early bearer, one of a uh, mid-season, and two of a mid to late season. So hopefully I'll have a really long picking season so the wife has blueberries to put with her oatmeal concoction that she brews up and has for breakfast. But maybe we'll get enough to freeze a few. Of course, you're up there where you can easily get hold of Nancy's yogurt and put some of those blueberries in that and be a very happy human being. 
Well, that if you like good. yogurt. About the only yogurt I've ever been able to eat is in the Greek islands. Even the Greek well, yogurt sold here isn't. It's not the same, and I, I somehow the the flavor of yogurt, other than that which I tried when I was in Greece, um, I've never found a yogurt here in the United States that makes me want to have a second batch. Have you tried Tillamahook, Roger? Oh, I've tried Give all different kinds. Christopher, I, Christopher, I, I, you and I, Christopher, you and I are about to fight. Um, you know <laughs> what? Hey. Because Na Nancy's is from up there, and I have never had yeah, a better. Yeah, Nancy's is there. I have never had a better yogurt in my life. Well, I'll have to do a taste test. All right, fine. I will buy both, and I'll get the get the whole get the whole, Nancy's whole milk yogurt, and it will blow your mind. Not Greek style. Do they have a Greek style? I don't know. I don't know if they've got a Greek, but their whole their whole milk yogurt is is. I mean, I, I had it like once, and it was just mind blowingly good. Okay, I'm gonna try both. Oh, and Darlene just sent me something. Oh my goodness gracious! Uh, via Midas Touch, there is now video of Qatar of Katara Ravash, George Devolder, Anthony Santos. Uh, <laughs> Kaiser Wilhelm the Kaiser, Kaiser <laughs> Wilhelm the second Ramses the third Carmen Ho San Diego Carmen, <laughs> Carmen San Diego yes and I got to tell you she, she's cute as can be and she's she's pose, yeah. she's posing and she's got this little sequin short number on with a lot of glitter and a and 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 you know like paste earrings and a necklace thing and fishnet hose and just pretty little queen. Oh well, nice brunette wig. Wait, who are we talk George Santos. Who are we about? George Santos. Oh, a, 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 a drag photo. Yeah, from 15 years ago in Brazil. But they know how to have a good time in Brazil. I've always they do. That. I don't know. Isn't maybe that, maybe it was from car carnival? maybe it was maybe it was carnival. I don't know. Uh, but uh, that that may that may be when she was understudying for uh, I don't know Marilyn Monroe. Anything? Hey, Robin, speaking of Brazil, that. anything the latest on ah. Bolsonaro? Is he still? I think he's still in Florida. I think he's oh, still. Yeah? yeah, I think he's still in Florida, and we need uh, we need an ex we need an expulsion order on him. Yeah, extradition. Yeah, we need to extradite his ass for sure. Oh, deport. Yeah, oh, deport. deport. Yes. Yeah, okay. That's fine. Oh, Is and uh, we, I have I have further I have further explanation of crab in a barrel. Uh, Ron and Raleigh, if you have a bunch of live crabs in a barrel, if one crab tries to climb out, the other crabs will try to pull it back in. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, that makes yeah. yeah. Uh, but Jude said something. Uh, Jude said, Roger's reflective statement on groups. I find something astute. If you would, Robin, have him repeat it. Roger, can you repeat what you said about groups? Groups? On the, the crab thing? I guess, yeah. Um, the metaphors derived from anecdotal claims about the behavior of crabs when they're trapped in a bucket. While any one crab could easily escape, the claim is its efforts will be undermined by others, ensuring the group's collective demise. 
I always thought that the way, I mean, I've had a lot of crabs in buckets, and I always thought when one of them was climbing out, the other one figured that, okay, that one knows how to get out. I'm just going to climb over its back and get myself out. Um, and that usually ends up with both of them falling back into the bucket. But I thought it was just a, one of them gets a claw up on the edge and the other crab goes, whoa, now I've got a better way to get out. But anyhow, I don't know. I've never heard of it before. But that's the only thing here about groups. The claim is its efforts will be undermined by others, ensuring the group's collective demise. That sounds like an old so little who, rascals who, who sketch where they're all climbing up on top of each other to try to be like a, 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 a an adult, and then they all tumble down. I guess who, I don't know. Was, I've never heard of it being, before. Who was being quoted originally on the program today, having used that? phrase crabs in a barrel was that uh that was byron donald's complaining about cory bush pointing out the fact that he's a toady and a lick spittle for white supremacists ah okay so it all comes together now so he's apparently familiar with it either from experience or having read a lot yeah he was you know in in short he was pissed off about being called out for, you know, what he is. They're just so easily upset, aren't they, over on that side? Well, they are dainty, delicate, and tender souls. You might, you might say they're crabby. Oh, Snowflake. well played. Snowflake, every single one. Now, why are... Crab apples called crab apples. Does anybody know that? Because I don't I know. No I've often wondered. And are they good for anything? I've never heard of like. Because you'll be crabby after you fucking eat when they're so fucking. Tired. <laughs> you know, canned crab crab apples. I've never seen them in pie. I I knew a kid who ate one right off the tree, and he was. Unwell for several days, as I recall. Uh oh. I tasted one once. They're nasty. God damn. And this was as a child, like a five year old. Well, uh, the, the, you know. Pickled one. Uh, cra you know, the, the crab apple jam, crab apple preserves. Uh, it's kind of like working with rhubarb. Have you ever tasted raw rhubarb? No, you never. You, you never should. It, it should always be. No, the leaves are poisonous, Scott. But the stalks are okay. Yeah, but the stalk the stalks are also sour as hell. Yes. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know the only the only way it's usable is if it's, you know, re, you know, if it's got a ton of sugar with it. Yeah, because isn't that how they do rhubarb pie? And you you yeah, you, most, you most you most you most often see it as strawberry rhubarb pie. Yeah, because you need something to temper the uh, the bitterness. And that's the, why uh, that's why a brawl in baseball is called a rhubarb. Well, I was I wondering know that. if you would bring that up. Yes, I think Red Barber used to talk about uh, uh, rhubarb on the field. Maybe it was. Yeah. Uh, who was that old uh, guy that used to lead the singing? He had the real thick glasses up in Chicago. Oh, Harry Carey. Yeah. 
Harry Carey, yeah. I just posted another uh, definition revolving around the deaf community. About crabs? Yeah, the crab theory is used in the deaf community as a metaphor to describe the tendency of some deaf people to criticize or put down the success or achievements of other deaf people. Hmm. It may take several different forms, malicious and negative, gossip, grudges, social rejection, etc., and is directed against deaf community leaders, successful deaf business entrepreneurs, or educational administrators. Deaf individuals who go to college while they're deaf beyond high school, deaf people who don't act deaf enough, even ordinary deaf individuals who do such positive things as buying a new car or marrying a good person. The analogy is to a bucket of live crabs. Whenever one crab attempts to escape, pulls it back down, blah, blah, blah. Uh, wow. That's just sad. Yeah, so it, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's the application to a marginalized community. It, it kind of boils down to if, if the two of you are the same and one of them starts getting ahead and you jerk the other person down to try and prevent their benefiting themselves, you're acting like a crab in a bucket is the way I would read it. Well, now I want uh, crab cakes. You know, I was thinking exactly the same thing. <laughs> My ex-girlfriend, her I'm favorite big... dinner was uh, cr blue crabs in a pot. So I shoot. Oh, there, there's nothing. There's nothing better. Yeah, there's nothing better than going over to the Maryland Shore. Um, you know, like I, I remember a place on the on the Severn River, and it was a crab shack. And they bring you, they bring you, you know, that, you know, the little short-sided flat from a case of, you know, like Natty Bow or something, you know, the cans. And the the table's just covered with butcher paper, and they bring you a couple of wooden mallets, and they bring you the, the you know, the steamed crabs in the little cardboard flat, and a roll of paper towels, and you just get at it. Yeah, and I, my job was to God, go to the God, they're good. Them. Oh, they're really good. And I had to put them. To, all they had was a little paper sack, and so I had to put grab with tongs. They gave you tongs. You had to grab those fuckers, and man, they wanted to bite, you, pinch you so bad. And the big ones, obviously, their pinchers were really nasty, right? If they got you in the nose, that was gonna hurt. So, and then I'd have to put them in there, and so they're scrambling all in the bag. You get them home, and then she goes one by one and plops them in the pot. And that's exactly how they behave, is that they would, you know, climb over each other to try to get out of the pot, and then they'd all fall down. It, it, it is true. There's a lot of truth to the saying. Oh, and by the way, further uh, to go, Christopher, to go further into our uh, fermented milk product uh, discussion, mm -hmm. uh, Dave number 11 just jumped in. Uh, also, additionally, Nancy's sour cream and coffee have no equals. Mm. Okay. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it, it, wonderful, wonderful Oregon product, and you know, I, I wish I could get it here, but I'd have to order it in, and I just don't, 
I don't trust shipping, and God, the shipping on, you know, a sufficient amount of yogurt would probably be something near impossible. You know, sometimes the place that I go to, um, sometimes they'll have it, sometimes they won't. And I think it just might be because it sells out so fast. Because that little area is always, like, empty or maybe one or two left. Uh, so I think that I... I wonder I wonder if Nancy, and maybe, maybe Dave number 11 knows this, um, I wonder if Nancy's makes, like, creme fraiche. Mm. Or, you know, there's a, there's a German uh, dairy product called Clark. Q-A-R-K. And it's somewhere between sour cream and creme fraiche. Yeah, what do they have? Um, if you go to a Mexican store, they have that special cream that's not, it's a, it's a mix between sour cream and a creme fraiche. Yeah, isn't it, it, uh, isn't it just crema? Crema, that's it. Man, yeah. that shit's great. That's what you want to put on tacos, maybe. Oh, yeah, tacos. yeah. And, you know. Or burrito. Yeah, one, one, of these, one of these days I'll have a cheat day and I'm going to, mm, yeah, oh, that would, oh. Gordita. <sighs> good street yeah, you ever tacos. Had a nice gordita? Oh yes, Lord, yes. I mean, I don't know how yeah. good, and I'm not talking about taco hell. Um, <laughs> but we've had a we had a we've had a Mexican restaurant uh, open over in Fayetteville that is out of the ordinary from the usual. You know, I don't think, I don't know exactly how this this works, but uh, I, I saw the same phenomenon develop with the Chinese super buffets. And the same thing can be said with, you know, Mexican restaurants, you know, these sort of generic menus. And they're the same from – it's not a franchise. It's more like a food service is selling a menu, you know, a whole kit, if you will. Um, But a new Mexican restaurant's opened up over in Fayetteville called Don Rizzo, R-I-Z-O. I'm sure I'm mangling that. Um but they're they're cooking everything local and fresh and it is so nice to get a real tamale oh my heavenly days and I can imagine. and they, and they've got a they've got a really respectable shrimp ceviche mhm uh but again fresh seafood in the middle of appalachia <sighs> you're going to be using frozen so the, their their ceviche is really good and it's you know it's it's not the typical um, not it's not the typical Mexican restaurant fare that is not really Mexican. It's more like Tex-Mex, which is not bad. I'm not saying that. It's just there's a sameness to it. For I mean, I've, eat, I've eaten off. I have literally eaten off of the same. I've ordered from the same menu in Sevierville, Tennessee, Florence, Alabama, uh, uh, Oak Hill, West Virginia. Um, all you know, all over the place, and I, I don't I don't know exactly how it works. And the same, and it's the same dishes at the Chinese super buffets. How would they? Right. How would it show up at the at the restaurant in each locality? Would or would it be canned? Would it be frozen? No, it's it's, it's just it's it's a it's a program, and the food service company sells you the program. And so they give you the fixins for all the things on the menu, which they also provide, I presume. Oh, for, so they're done fresh, but... Uh, just to give you an example, this provided. this goes way back to the 90s. But there was a Mexican restaurant that I used to eat at in Charleston, 
and there was a typographical error on the menu. I've told this story before. Eventually, I will have told every story I have before. Um, that's, that's the value of me going out and seeing things and going places and talking to people to get new stories. But it was back in the 90s, and there was this Mexican... Re- actually, all the Mexican restaurants in Charleston had the same menu, and the lunch menu had lunch special number one, two, three, four, five. F, as in Frank, 7, 8, 9, 10, etc. Well, imagine my surprise when I went to the Mexican restaurant in Florence, Alabama a couple of years later, and lo and behold, the lunch menu has lunch special 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, F, 7, 8, 9, 10, etc. No way that's a coincidence. This can't be. So what they're doing is they're selling a menu, and you know basically it's just every you know kind of turnkey, and then all you got to do is know how to cook mm-hmm. the stuff. You know the the refried beans all come in a can, the tortillas come in a stack, uh, the, the 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 cubed beef comes in I don't know a, 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 a frozen vacuum sealed pouch or something. Yeah, you understand what I'm getting at? Do they go so far? Yeah. Do they go so yeah. far as like the whole? kitchen layout the, the dining room. it's often layout. very it's often very similar you know pictures yeah. of pictures of Jesus on the cross that are made of <laughs> tinier pictures of Jesus on the cross <laughs> I, 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 do the eyes follow right? you? of course do the, the eyes, eyes follow, follow you, you yeah stop yeah, it <laughs> stop staring there's, there's a Jesus you're creeping me out Jesus. no listen to me there's a there's a cemetery in the D.C. area, Virginia suburbs, where some of my relatives are buried. I think it's called Mount Comfort, which is small comfort if you're dead. I mean, you know, what's the big deal? You got, who knows who's comfortable in that condition? But there's this big mural in stone, like granite or something, and it's like the Lord Jesus from the chest up. And he has his arms extended. I mean, this thing has got to be 50 feet wide. It's a foot and, and maybe 20 feet high. Yeah, it's designed so and that when you see it, you go, Jesus! Well, you sure as hell do. <laughs> and I remember as a child seeing Jesus, that. Jesus, jumping Christ. And, you know, I thought nuns were scary. And there's <laughs> not a nun that can hold a sacred candle to uh, Mount Comfort Jesus reaching out for you, you know, or getting a little on broom. What did the flying and, and, and fly on again? By, here's the weird thing. As you drive by, like you come in, and look, you know, it's a standard U.S. configuration. You go this way, coming in on the right. You go exit, coming out on the left. Well, you have to pass by it. And something that, that long, like 50 feet, 60 feet long, the, you, you, as a kid, you're in the back seat of the car, looking out the window, transfixed at these eyes, and the eyes are the size of watermelons, you know, <laughs> given the the scale of the fucking uh, uh, stone mural. And this, this is why I went on to drugs uh, years later. I did, you know, it just frightened me, and, and there's nothing you can do. So. Well, yeah, and then comfort, when you're groomed as a kid, look you know. Good. If you pray hard enough and often enough, then you get to go see that guy in the sky when you die. It's like, I don't want to go see that motherfucker when I die. 
Well, I, I'm telling you, Christopher, if you're ever in the D.C. area, go on down to Fairfax County, Virginia, and ask around if Mount if they can tell you where Mount Comfort is. They may have changed the name. I don't know. Mount there Comfort, were some, man. There were some lawsuits. Kids it sounds like somewhere all Austin, over the upholstery in, in the back seat of the Buick. You know, but anyway, I didn't, but I read about it. I'm sorry. I, I, I've got to. I was going to say I've got to sit down. I am sitting down. Maybe that's the problem. I don't know. But I'll tell you, Robin, if you're ever, if you ever take a, a journey to the East Coast, and I hope to God it's still there, just north of the Maryland line, coming into Delaware, oh, is a place called Fenwick, Maryland, or, or Fenwick, Delaware, Fenwick Island, Delaware. And maybe half a mile into Delaware, on the left-hand side of the road, the non-ocean side of the road, is the Fenwick Crab House. I'll bet you it's still there because a place that good doesn't go out of business. But they serve crabs, as were, as were described before, just hard-shell steamed crabs with the spices and all. But they have got a cream of crab soup. Knew you were going to go there. I'm starving. Yeah, it will, God damn it, that sounds sorry. good. You will weep real tears. I mean, I know there's butter in it. There's obviously big lumps of crab meat. Cream. and uh, Heavy cream, oh, I imagine. Oh, yes. And, and just, I mean, the first time I had that was the first time I ever went to the ocean. And I was in... I guess high school at that point. And my family took a cottage up there for a week. And they, they said, let's go out. We're going to go over here, walk over here to Fenwick uh, Crab House. And I wasn't prepared for something as good as that damn uh, cream of crab soup. I'm, well, see, oh, it's man. interesting you bring that up because I rem this was a long time ago now, but it stays in my memory. And if I'm ever over that way... Uh, and I bet you, our buddy, John in Central PA, are, are you listening? Um, when you're coming from Baltimore, up out of Maryland and into Pennsylvania on the highway that goes to York, okay? Um, the last exit in Maryland. Again, told this story, too. Uh, you know, maybe the program should have just been a best of or something. Uh but the last exit in Maryland on that interstate is one of those big cloverleaf off-ramps, total loop. And I was in a rental car. Dear God, it was a Chevy HHR. And uh, I remember it well because it, the snow was pouring. I left out of D.C. on the way to Harrisburg that morning. Uh, D.C. was like, it, it was abandoned. It was the prettiest I've ever seen D.C. Every, every street was covered in snow. Um, my Chevy HHR was front wheel drive only and I got up I was on my, and, and the gas tank was getting down low so I thought yeah I better get off fill the tank so I took that clover leaf off it came it came out to some little two lane highway didn't have middle of nowhere had no idea turned right and you know usually with an interstate exit you know there's Four or five, you know, multi-pump gas stations, but not here. There was one gas station. It was two 
ancient, not digital. This was this was a gas pump, the kind where you take the handle off and you had to move the thing, and then you had to crank the thing, and then you put get pump your gas. There were two of those on an did island. It, the the the, did, the did a little bell ring with every yes gallon? yes, kating kating kating, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. the and the and the gas station itself <laughs> was just this whitewashed cinder block building. And I walked in there, paid for my gas, and then I realized, oh my God, this is a hole-in-the-wall restaurant. And they had crab cakes, which I got a couple of, and I got a quart of their cream of she-crab soup, because it just smelled heavenly in there. Seafood and Old Bay... And oh, it's just going oh, it's heaven. And and this was a place, you, and and it was every bit, and the place was jam packed. And so I got my to go stuff, went out, got back in my rental, got back on the highway. Snow's still coming down. Got into Pennsylvania, and everything stopped. Uh, all four lanes just stopped because somebody had gone absolutely bananas in the snow and everything and so I sat there with the snow coming down in park on interstate whatever it was south of York and had the best crab cakes ever in my entire <laughs> life and wiped out because they gave you they gave you like a, a half of a baguette of warm crusty French bread with the soup and it would dip and eat oh, and dip. Yes. And just sat there and had the, one of the most lovely lunches I've ever eaten <laughs> while in a complete hopeless traffic jam, getting later by the minute for uh, for Harrisburg. And uh, piling up and Ar- Arnold Arnold in Arnold in PA. Uh, I was on my I was on my way to uh, see Rick Smith. This was pre Arnold. Uh, but it's like I'm, 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 and I wound up getting there at like eight o'clock that evening. I had left, I had left DC at seven in the morning. It was twelve hours from DC to Harrisburg, PA. Um, but along the way, <laughs> one of the best lunches um, of my entire D- life. DC to York under regular circumstances is nothing. Oh, it's it. Maybe what four, three and a half. Yeah, but this was thirteen hours because I sat for like seven. Oh, yeah. Just in, uh, in, and then you know, uh, and and then (laughs) and then there was no, you know, because I felt like I was in a go kart that was on rails, and I'm pressing pressing that traction button on that on that car, going, please Jesus, and you really couldn't make much time because it was. And and because the and because both lanes of the highway were shut down, nobody was plowing shit. And so I was, it, it was it was like it, it was like dry it was like driving on a city street. You know, couldn't see the lines, couldn't see the side of the road, couldn't really tell where the road started and the uh, and and the, and the median began and. It was a and, and it was a hell, it was a hell of a trip, but I will one of the, it's one of those one of these days moments you know I, one of these days I want to find that little cinder block building 
and get another bowl of because I can, you know, there there are things I would probably be willing to do that I would be ashamed to admit later in exchange for another bowl of that soup. <laughs> well, yeah, and so when food is that good, you actually do consider doing some out of the ordinary things. Oh, I'm I'm starving now. I'm absolutely beside myself. Of course, you know, I've started a new diet. It's working. I'm being very good. But the mere oh, thought of that right. crusty French bread just about brought tears to my eyes. That's what happens. You, you, you're subconscious. You're fixated on all the foods that you are yearning for but cannot have. That's, that's nature's way of torturing you, which is why I'm not a big fan of diets, to tell you the truth. And I'm not, I mean, I've. I was surprised today. I put on my jeans. I said, I must have lost a little weight here because these things are like hanging up off of me. I got my suspenders. Braces. What was the food from the home, right, Scott? Oh, I'm still not quite over that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, Scott, I hate hate to bust your bubble, but Fenwick Crab House is closed. Oh, I'm sorry to hear it. Robin. Take heart. You can go to uh, Schultz's Crab House on Old Eastern Avenue. Equally as good. Scott, I posted you a couple of pictures in the Skype chat. Uh, The top picture is at 12,587 feet in the Andes between Chile and Argentina. And the bottom picture is the one in Rio de Janeiro. I knew the one on the bottom, but I've never seen... uh... Jesus looks like he's just arrived, and it's angry that they're not making a big fuss. In that when, when, I, when I went up to, to see that top Take a one, number, Jesus. I, I can't I, I can't dig it out of my photo <laughs> files, but the the little mountain that's behind it there is totally covered in snow, and the ground at the base. I mean, it was slip and slide to get up there, and the colectivo we rode up. But anyhow, those those were two pictures of Jesus that I thought I'd put there now, for your the, amusement. Am I seeing this correctly? In the top one, he's he's standing on a globe. We're it? talking about a visual, dancing about architecture, Aggie. not good for radio. <laughs> Reminds me of Looks Black like Aggie. Gordon Lightfoot a little bit. <laughs> the first. <laughs> That's creepy. Expecting to break into, uh, but uh, but even though that crap, Steve. Yeah, the Fitzgerald. Uh, What's the name of the boat? Yeah, the Edmund Fitzgerald. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't think of the name of that place. But uh, Noah's oh, Ark was out of service. We had to ride in on that <laughs> Edmund Fitzgerald. Yes, Robin. Uh, but Steve, yeah, it, if you ever find that exit I'm talking about, if you go back up that way. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it'll hold its own to Schultz's. You, you know, you're a connoisseur of food like me. But trust me on this. If no, no, honey, I'm a common sewer. I'm a common sewer of dining. If you ever find yourself um, in the Baltimore area near um, Old Eastern Avenue, go to Schultz's. You won't regret it. You'll get, be able to get your fix. I promise you. That's like there's a joint down in Mobile, Alabama called Wenzel's Oyster House. Uh, their motto, Wenzel's, Wenzel's Oyster yeah. House. Their motto, in, and, and I used to have a cute little T-shirt, and it showed like five little dancing oysters across the front, and it said Wenzel's Oyster House, and then underne- <laughs> underneath was the 
the, the motto, fried, stewed, or in the nude. Nice. <laughs> I liked yeah, that it. Was one, that was one I thing that was them. disappointing at the buffet that me and Tracy went to and her family. Uh, they had awesome peel and eat shrimp, no oysters. I guess out of season or red tide or you know something. it's it really is fascinating. I have I've have tested this for myself. My dad told me about it years ago. There is a substantial difference between Atlantic oysters and Pacific oysters. Mhm. Uh, I find them both absolutely delicious, but they were compl- it was like they were completely different critters. Uh, by the way, I got to remind y'all since we're into the third hour of the program, we are trying to get caught up on fundraising um, and finish the and finish the week to the good. We got fifty dollars to go on uh, Matt in San Francisco's sixteen-hour to the Philippines one-way challenge, and uh, fifty fifty another fifty dollars will turn that into let's see two hundred and sixty dollars, and we will be down inside of like inside of five hundred bucks to go to finish the week, which would be you know that's awesome. Thank you so much, and uh, you know. Clear skies and following winds, Matt. I hope you'll have a wonderful time. Uh, and by the way, Matt, uh, when I was talking about the whole Mexican restaurant kit thing, uh, Matt said probably Cormark. Uh, they are the largest food supplier for convenience stores and restaurants. Hmm. And it would make good business sense to say, okay, so you know, here's our Mexican restaurant turnkey kit. And then maybe, you know, um, the proprietors tweak it a little bit this way or, or that way. But, you know, all the all those Chinese super buffets had the same, you know, the same garlic pepper shrimp, the same uh, the same General Tso's chicken with the same General Tso's chicken sauce, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, same the same General Tso's sesame chicken. chicken yeah, more, right? the same. And it's not just because these are all common American Chinese restaurant dishes, they were, I mean, identical, I mean, the, the, you know, with the same little C Catholic universality that you get, you know, so that you get a cheeseburger at McDonald's here, it's going to taste like a cheeseburger at McDonald's in, you know, San Diego, where Scott is. It's just, it's, it's, it's really wild the way this stuff works out. Okay, we are down. Thank you, uh, <laughs> Jeremy. Uh, we are now down to uh, $40 to go on the 16-hour one-way flight challenge. Um, I'm paying $10 to stop the oyster talk. Yuck, oh, no matter boy. where you can. Heathen, Philistine, Jeremy. <sighs> Actually, it's against Jesus' law to eat shellfish. It is. Oysters, correct? Yes. Uh, you'll yeah. get you get sent to hell for eating, eating shrimp just as easily as you get sent to hell for murdering... Uh, you know, for starting a war that murders, you know, tens of millions of human beings. I don't make well, the rules. I'm not the big bearded juvenile delinquent in the sky. It's the same hell either way. About oysters. What did you? Well, we know what you did, Adolf. How about you, Fred? I ate shrimp. I wore cotton and polyester. I don't know what movie it was, but Tony Curtis was in it. And he's talking to, I want to say, Lawrence Olivier. And it's in ancient Roman times. And they're talking about liking oysters. And it's like code talk for something sexual. Do you know what I'm referring to? The scene? 
Off the top of my head, no. They're known to rev your sex drive. Oysters, I, at least. No, that's a that, that's a myth. That's a myth. But, oh, okay. And no, and and you know what? Uh, I should I should tell y'all one of my uh, one of my friends from uh, here in uh, wild, wonderful, almost level West by Coal Manchinia stand is actually out in Oregon right now. Nice. Uh, she's uh, she went out to see her uh, little grandson and her kids, and uh, she's never been there before, and. Let's see. Yesterday, I think they went to Multnomah Falls. That's gorgeous. Yeah. And did they go to the Sturgeon Hatchery, which is just I don't know. She's just she's just putting she's just putting up reels on uh, uh, on on social media. Let's see here. uh, That's a lot of fun. Another beautiful Oregon park. Let me see the sign. Uh, Powell Butte. Oh yeah! Oh, that's where I took my dogs every day, uh, just about every day. When uh, Brutus was alive, we'd go just about every day. It is gorgeous. You can see on a super clear day, which in the summer, you know, it gets pretty clear. Uh, you can see five mountaintops. You can see Adams. You can see St. Helens. You can see, um, obviously, um, Hood. You can see Jefferson. The other one. I don't. I don't think you could see Rainier. It's too far. There's five. I can't remember the other one. She's kind of lucky she went right now, because in the summer they were doing parking restrictions and you had to take a shuttle bus and or get a permit and all kinds of bullshit. And now that they've gone to the winter thing, you can drive and park. Although parking is extremely limited at Mahoma Falls. So hey, before the you know, can, can I switch gears? What are people's thoughts on the debt ceiling? I mean, Robin, I did hear you launch the show with that. I mean, how close are we to? Hey, Joe, we exceeded the, it. Print, we passed print it. Print the coin, print the coin, and be done with this shit. Nobody. Well, I mean, it, nobody's going to print the coin, Christopher. Yeah, Joe's not going to. Nobody is. And that I mean, sucks. Janet, Janet, Janet Yellen, Janet Yellen called it a, a uh, uh, I don't know, a cockamamie scheme or something like that. Yeah. So Under- is the debt ceiling like the debt ceiling what, isn't a cockamamie? Well, I mean, you're not you, you're not wrong. But under what authority would they mint that coin? Well, that's a good that's a good question because I was listening to background briefing and they were talked about that and that the. The special commemorative coin law uh, is not—it's not for this purpose. The under the auspices. Commemorative that coins aren't—they're not—they're not currency. They're not real currency. I know, I know. But it, it, it's a, a ridiculous uh, thing. Like the debt ceiling deserves a ridiculous remedy. Well, but the problem is, it may be ridiculous, but it is—it is reality. And so that's you know that that was that was uh, Barbie Q marginal trailer queen's opportunity to display her stupid. I won't sign no clean debt limit bill. Well, yeah, yeah you well, won't. Getting back to getting back to what's the authority of printing the trillion dollar coin? What's the authority of printing a quarter? It's the U.S. Treasury. Coins are the only thing that are printed and and generated by the actual United States. All of our paper mean. paper stuff is from the Federal Reserve, but your coins are printed by the United States, or 
minted by the United States. Minted, yeah. And if they want to take a bar of platinum and stamp it and make it a block big enough that nobody can carry it off, they could take that trillion-dollar block of platinum and plant it out in front of the White House and say, we have just solved the problem. How does that solve the problem? I'm not the, fully the one into monetary theory and all the rest of it. What I'm saying is well, that there doesn't need to be uh, uh, any authority for the United States to print or mint a coin. It is already there. They make mint coins every goddamn day. But there's probably instead of being a penny, nickel, dime, it. quarter, or dollar. There's probably statutory authority. To it's do probably it. yeah. I, I think Steve's right. It's probably derived well, from a statutory it, it, scheme. So, because I mean, one of one, I mean, if, if I could just jump in here for a second, one thank you to Mark in Florida. Mark just jumped in and said, uh, uh, "Here's sixty bucks for the code talking." <laughs> okay, so Matt's challenge is Matt. And now we are at like 480 to go to finish the week, which would be you know that 180 bucks, and we're done with everything but today, which is fantastic, y'all. Thank you so much. Uh, and uh, uh, let me uh, mention this. Uh, Mark also adds uh, Scott's Fenwick Crab House, Delaware. They're only closed for the season. However, they ship nationwide. Uh, signed Mark behind enemy lines and practically up to speed. Mark, Mark, you shouldn't have told me that. They ship nationwide. Of course, the shipping the shipping would be prohibitive. Go ahead, Scott. I'm sorry. Well, uh, when no, I'm just thinking. I mean, I'm the one who ordered 12 cans or 16 cans of Senate Navy bean soup. You did do that about six months ago. I sure as hell did, and they do uh, ship. Nationwide. Well, let me jot that down. Let me jot that But they're down. closed for the season. I can wait. <laughs> or did they just close down the restaurant and still keep the sale division open? That's One never knows. And of course, Darlene and Stephen, uh, Steve from Georgistan have both ordered from that other place. And while, brutal, while brutally expensive, I imagine it's absolutely freaking del delicious. Um, yeah, it's over the top. God, it's I mean, Chrisfoot, Maryland. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, uh, and oh you know, gosh. when it's uh, when it's soft shell crab season, well, <laughs> you know. Um, well, I do have a serious question though about this. Maybe not the platinum coin, but isn't it like a an an arrangement that everybody agrees on that? Because with the dollar is not backed by gold or silver the way it used to be, isn't it just sort of an agreed upon thing, and everybody chooses to play the game that that it's worth whatever we say it's worth, and it can be used, you know, for debts public and private. And, yeah, that and was the before times. Except when before the, the maggots. Well, but but there's the there's there, there's one other wrinkle here. We are on a fiat monetary system. And you know how it is with fiats. Those little suckers break down in the driveway. If there's no, if there's no oil on if there's no oil on the carport, there's no oil in the car. Like gremlins. Well, uh, but, but they're small enough, small enough that a couple of hefty guys can pick one up and carry it down to the Amico station. 
but but here's the thing: we're a fiat money economy. We, it, it, you know, we, the, 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 our money is worth what it is because the, our government says we're not going to go belly up on our bills. If you were to print this mythical unicorn platinum coin. Jesus, it, would, it, would, it, would it have to be the size of the, of the, of the Aztec sunstone in the museum down in Mexico City? I mean, huge, I, I don't know. I don't know. Or would it just be... Well, big, big would be good, because if it's going to be shown, hell, they could take but it you have, the plates. But you have, you have de facto, even though we're a fiat monetary system, you have de facto put us on a platinum standard. Because that platinum stands for the value of the deficit, and you do not, and you know, then so we're on the platinum standard. So then you've got to run on platinum. And if any, if if, if we learned anything from the first couple of hundred years of the American experiment, it's that there's there's nothing like a precious metal standard uh, to let people fuck with your economy. But we could be fucking with the Hunt brothers with silver. But the whole point is that you don't want to be on a precious metal standard. Why not just have Joe sign an executive order saying the full faith and credit shall not be compromised? Hold on. Yeah, you just, you just, Steve, you just said the magic word, and that all, the, the the phrase full faith and credit always drives Steve in New York right it up a tree. Drives me crazy. Everyone uses it wrong. It has nothing to do with the debt. He's right. He's right. Full faith and credit has nothing to do with fiscal, monetary, anything. Steve, I'm trying to think outside of the box to get his ass. No, the, uh, no but the, this doesn't but have doesn't anything to do with anything. the box, Steve. Yeah, you might as well just said the giraffe of the United States. <laughs> the full faith and credit of the United States, there's no such thing. The full faith and credit clause in the Constitution refers to... Each state must give full faith and credit to the public acts of another state. He's right. Meaning, meaning that if I have a driver's license in Alabama and I go to uh, New York, New York has to recognize my driver's license as legit. Same, right. same with marriages. Yeah, with yeah, marriages and yeah. all that shit. That's what that means. Uh, I know it's easy to look in the rearview mirror, but I was preaching during the lame duck session Let's just get rid of the debt ceiling. We have the votes. Let's do it. Yeah. Duh. Ship I mean, how many times we, we got to take this. We got to take this hammer out of their hands. We seen this shit coming, but we just lay down and let them roll us over. Mm -hmm. uh, Why is it there to begin with? It right. needs, needs 60 votes. 60 votes to do it, though. No, you don't. I think you could arguably do that by reconciliation. Because it's tax it's, it's because, because it's budgetary. Yeah, you can do it by reconciliation. We missed but the it's boat. it's the what you the but it's we've used up the go ahead. We've used up the reconciliations. Is that correct? Is that what you're saying? If we don't get another until next year. No, actually, there was a there was, no, there was a thing that somebody wrote about that that. It was something along the lines of we didn't use the, the number that we could have in the first um, session of the whatever Congress it was before this. So there was either two or three times. And you know what? Who fucking cares? 
That's that's a rule. That's a rule. There's nothing. There's nothing in law. They could have Look said. Look how many rules Mitch pissed on, right, well, Steve? No, I mean it's like every time I hear this, it's like, well, the the parliamentarian. Well, fuck the parliamentarian. I don't remember <laughs> voting for any parliamentarians. Does anybody here vote for any parliamentarians? Republicans <laughs> fucked him in the A. Yeah. I mean, they said, get him out of no, here. We don't get, want the no. parliamentarian said, hey, oh, that uh, no, you yeah. can't do this. Well, guess what? We'll find you're somebody fired. who can. You're fired, and we'll find a parliamentarian who says, and you know, but we don't need that. But how do we, we move forward that. from here? How do we move forward? I Who mean, knows? we are where we are. We play chicken. We keep playing well, chicken and you know we what? don't buckle. Yeah, I will say this. I, you know, people are going to think I'm nuts. I'm not as worried about it as I used to be because the U.S. does not have a AAA-plus debt rating anyway. It was – no, we, we lost a, um, it, a rating it, it, in 2011. It was, yeah, downgraded it the last yep. time this happened. The last time the Republicans did this. Phrase yep. it. Messaging is everything, Steve. Phrase it properly. Uh, yes, was that yes, Ted Cruz's green eggs and ham speech? Yes. Well, yes, it was, actually. Okay. okay. Um, the, 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 look, the problem is there is no explaining this to most people. Because most people are going to say, we got to live within our means. Well, you and don't get to print your own money, dumbass. You know what, Robin? i got to address that, too. I, this this is this MMT modern monetary theory garbage that that we print our own money. Newsflash: We don't. Yeah, the, only, right. The Federal Reserve. Money. Right. Sure. Well, with the permission of the Federal Reserve. Remember that. But what's the collateral? I mean, Fort Knox is out the window. What's it held? Oh, against? the collateral is. Read your. Okay, we're going to step back a second. If you look at a silver or gold certificate, if you can find one, it says yeah, in there, it, it says pay the, to the bearer, the on, bearer demand. on demand, That's right. yada, yada, yada of silver or gold. It still says something similar to that on our current dollars, but it says pay to the, pay to the bearer on demand one dollar. So it's whatever the dollar is, whatever in our, what backs our. So it could be confetti, I mean. Well, no, what backs it's what backs, this is why this default thing is so important, because what backs our dollar is the fact that we've always paid our bills, that we have a relatively stable economy, a relatively stable government. You know, put, us, put aside the laughing I hear. Um, mm -hmm. That's what backs this, because people can say, well, I know that a dollar has been around for a while. The U.S. doesn't default, so therefore it's valuable. Absolutely. All right, Steve, you're a smart dude. Is there anything Joe can do singularly to sidestep this bullshit? I would say no. 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 He's you know he's got he's he's thing. got both he's got both index index fingers in the Chinese finger trap. Fuck. No, nah, he should take those fingers and put them right up to right up to. Well, uh, what he's what he's gonna what what he seconds. and what he and particularly the Senate and oh my God here it is again Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin. Yep. Kevo uh, wants to meet with Joe to discuss this. So where is that going to go? Uh, Nowhere. Well, Kevin, uh, Joe has already announced that he, you know, he he wants he wants to do a deal with the Republicans to fuck Social Security, and you have to be. Well, I've got enough experience over all these long years that I can tell you that what Joe calls entitlement programs, and I mean Joe to the mansion born. 
is an absolute fetish object for him. Somebody told him that America was going to go broke because people were getting Medicare and Social Security, and he goddamn well believed it. That's infuriating. You know, I don't, I don't know if it was, uh, uh, it, what's his name? What was his name? Pete Dupont. You know, maybe it was Jack Kemp when you know Joe was just a young whippersnapper. I don't know, but he is absolutely obsessed with the public debt, and he's afraid. Because remember, the first law of mansions is in play here. Mansions never do anything that doesn't benefit someone named Mansion. And Joe is afraid that all of the greedy poors out there on their Social Security and their Medicare are going to make him. They're 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 going to they're they're, they're going to make all the little mansions have to eat eat beans forevermore. Getting Was back it, uh, to the uh, bills. The only thing it says on it is this note is legal tender for all debts, public and private. It says nothing about paying the bearer one dollar. <laughs> now the silver certificates did. Yep. You could exchange them for silver. Technically. Well, what were the what were I don't those think things you can now. that? No, you in can't now. Early night, late '62, early '63, President Kennedy had them print up. I think they were. What are they called now? Federal Reserve notes. Correct. They they were called the currency, the, where, where they were called something else. United States they notes. Back. United States notes. What was the story about that? Well, it, he tried to do that to make it money that the United States owned, and I don't know why it happened instead of the federal instead of a bunch of private banks. Uh. Yeah. He realized the Fed was a fucking problem. I, I'm not a fan of the Fed myself. I mean, oh, by the way, we 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 have an answer. I've gotten the answer twice now uh, to the uh, to Scott's. What movie was it? As soon as whoever's done vacuuming or whatever. There, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I want to say Ben Hur or Spartacus. You are correct, sir. Um, On both of them, how is that? It's Spartacus. Um, uh, Theo said, uh, Hi, Ms. Robin in the round table. The movie scene about snails and oysters was from Spartacus, 1959, and it was included in a 1990s restoration with Anthony Hopkins covering the late Lord Olivier's voice. And Theo adds, I roused from a semi-nap for that. Well... You know, I, I I do that, Theo. I I'm notorious for. I mean, I get I get emails. I, Dear Robin, I fall asleep listening to you. Hey, <laughs> uh, hope it was a nice nap, and thank you for getting up to tell us. Brian adds the bathtub scene in Spartacus, Lawrence Olivier and Tony Curtis. So yeah, it was Olivier. Okay, I'll be damned. Well, behind and Tony Curtis, what? That, the, why he was playing a, a Roman slave? I never think of Tony Curtis, but I I never think of Tony Curtis, but I think of that possibly apocryphal story of his first screen test, where he's a knight on horseback or whatever, and he points and he says, "Yonder lies the castle of my father." Just love that. That accent, that accent in ancient Rome just kills me every time I see that scene. <laughs> Okay, let's see if this suffices. Spartacus. 
bathtub. Ah, there we go. Yep, there it is. Uh, no, I'm not going to help YouTube by answering one question. Fuck you. Fetch a stool, Antoninus. In here Fetch with There he goes for the ducky. It puts the lotion on its skin. No, master. Mm. Do you lie? Not if I can avoid it. Have you ever dishonored the gods? No, master. Do you refrain from these vices out of respect for the moral virtues? Yes, master. Yes, master. When I have them, Master. Do you eat snails? No, Master. Do you consider the eating of oysters to be moral and the eating of snails to be immoral? No, Master. Of course not. It is all a matter of taste, isn't it? Yes, Master. And taste is not the same as appetite, and therefore not a question of morals, is it? It could be argued so, Master. My robe, Antonine. My taste includes both snails and oysters. Divinus, look. Across the river. There is something you must see. There, boy, is Rome. Might, the majesty, the terror of Rome. There is the power that bestrides the known world like a colossus. No man can withstand Rome. No nation can withstand her. How much less a boy. There's only one way to deal with Rome, Antoninus. You must serve her. You must abase yourself before her. You must grovel at her feet. You must love her. Isn't that so, Antoninus? 
Minus. He scampered. He scampered off. So hard to get good help anymore. So there we have it. By the way, I had a um, oh, uh, additional note from Theo uh, that Tony Curtis Howler is actually in the Black Shield of Falworth, Jondalai's the Castle of My Florida, a 1960s British production set in the mi- Middle Ages with Brooklyn accents. Hey, I don't know either. I know, I know, I know, I know Theo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, oh, why? Robin, yes. since you're on the, we were on, on the uh, topic of the film Spartacus, anyone who has Amazon uh, video, Prime Video, and they haven't already seen it, Kitty Cats included, uh, the movie with Brian Cranston as uh, Dalton Trumbo, and the name yes. of the film is just, oh, it's a great film. I watched it the other day. It happened to be on one of the channels. And I'm telling you, it doesn't get much better than that. Oh, that's a fantastic Check movie. Yeah. Um, and it's all true. It's, I mean, every word yeah. of it is absolutely true. Uh, I had a note from Jude. Okay, back to the subject of crabs. Jude says, yes, Socrates, we know. It's cold outside, so he comes in. and He's been, very, he's been a very good boy the entire program. Um, but, well, I guess he's reached his limit. It's okay, buddy. For a period of time way before hospice, I was the director of nursing at a small 45-bed psychiatric home. Vets from World War II, along with Vietnam vets, plus a few private pay residents. One of our residents, confided, uh, confined to a wheelchair, began bringing up memories of where he worked years ago. It happened to be uh, Sequim, Washington. Check it out. One of our journeys was to rediscover where he was at one time. So we find a restaurant there specializing in crabs. It was a challenge to safely assist a paralyzed full-body man out of my Volkswagen. I was focused, to say the least. We were led to a table passing only two other occupied tables that's directly next to the kitchen door. What? I call over the same woman who sat us requesting a table with a water view as there were about 15 windows open. Window tables open. We settle in with this dear man viewing the water. Finally, suddenly, a car parks outside where we're sitting, positioning the car's windshield to reflect the sun directly into my eyes. We just laughed. Thank you, Roger, for the crab reference. On this end, it opened a great memory. Thank you, Jude. There was a reason they put you, there was a reason they put you by the kitchen door. I hope the crabs were delicious, and I hope it made him very, very happy. Uh, speaking of making people very happy, this makes me very happy. Um, the Department of Justice has responded to Jim Jacketoff Jordan uh, regarding potential inquiries. The uh, DOJ has told the uh, uh, told Jim Jacketoff Jordan that. Uh, they don't have to even. They don't have to cooperate with Jim Jacketoff Jordan and his uh, his his ga- gang of dead enders and hard cases. Um, good for them. Uh, I think Stephen uh, New York and I were talking about this, and maybe some others of us, that we were looking forward to the moment when, after 
uh, years of ignoring congressional subpoenas that the Biden administration just looked at the Jim Jacketoff Jordan and James Comer and those other freaks and said, hey, fuck you. <laughs> I would love to see that light write fuck you in red on it and say return to sender. Yeah, grade it. <laughs> Fix the spelling errors. Take this, Marge. Or say, or say, Jim, we'll respond to this when you tell us what was going on in those showers at Ohio State. Yeah, there's that. Oh, That's a good God. one. To guide their action, the DOJ referred to a 2000 letter to Congress as precedent that the department would not allow lawyers or line agents in daily casework be available for testimony. Without that availability, all inquiries and requests would go to senior representatives. We are available to engage in staff-level meetings to determine which information requests incorporated into your recent letters reflect the committee's current priorities in light of prior department responses and disclosures. That came from Carlos... uh, Urarte, Chief of Legislative Affairs and Assistant Attorney General in the DOJ. He said, consistent with longstanding policy and practice, any oversight request must be weighted against the department's interest in protecting the integrity of its work. Longstanding department policy presents, uh, prevents us from confirming or denying the existence of pending investigations in response to congressional requests or providing non-public information about our investigations. Fuck you. Yeah, that was the... That was the, yeah, we appointed a special counsel so that we wouldn't have to respond to your shit. Yeah, P.S. Uh, P- uh, yeah, uh, P- uh, P.S. Die mad about it. Yep. Yep. Oh, and we've got, a, we've got an update now after we've had 24 hours for people, uh, for people like me to say, yeah, nobody waterboarded Sammy Bad Breath. Uh, Politico reporting, Supreme Court says justices actively cooperated in leak probe. Bullshit. What does that mean, though? I- exactly. It's actively cooperated. Yeah. Yes, we really want you to they do this. They weren't even. They weren't even questioned. Well, that doesn't. Dur- uh, no, no, no. Marshall, Marshall, Cur- Marshall Curley has spoken. She said, during the gorse. During. Wait, I just, I just, this just turned into Young Frankenstein. During the gorse. During the course of course, during the course of the investigation, I spoke with each of the justices several on multiple occasions. The justices actively cooperated in this iterative. It oh well, we've got a fun word. The justices actively cooperated in this iterative process, asking questions and answering mine, which leaves open whether or not Marshall Curley looked at Sammy Badbreath and said, "Okay." Did you did did you leak it? Did you leak it, Mr. Justice Alito? Oh no, I would never. Uh, here, uh, take your shirt off. Yeah, we're gonna put these uh, we're gonna put these jumper cables on your nipples. You guys ready with the Die Hard? No, that didn't happen. Yeah, this reminds me of the scene from Back to School when uh, when that when um, when when Doctor Bombay accuses him of. Uh, of, uh, I don't think that was Dr. Bombay. No, anyway. that's that's Bewitched. Yeah. Um, I thought it was the guy who played... Oh, his name actually was Dr. Bombay. Professor Bombay. Anyway, he accused uh, Rodney Dangerfield of cheating. And, um, <laughs> and Ned Beatty says, Okay, I will ask him, Is that is that worth yours? And Rodney Dangerfield looks and says, I cannot tell a lie, Dean Martin. And his name was Dean Martin, the dean of the college. Yes, it is. That's exactly what that sounds like to me. Yeah. 
I can hear Alito. I cannot tell a lie. I didn't do it. Sorry, well, Sorry bastards. I'm so satisfied. here's something unprecedented. Can the Senate call them in and ask them, question them under oath? Uh, justice, well, the Chief Justice from time to time uh, testifies before Congress, usually in budgetary matters and matters, matters of management of the entire federal court system. I mean, I, I, I would, along those lines, I think it, it, it unfortunately probably presents a separation of powers issue. Um, and who's going to be the final arbiter of that, Steve? It's the fucking Supreme Court. Right, so because Supre- who are they going to find I mean, this in favor is, of? It's, it's really a hell of a thing when you come to the, con- and when you come to the conclusion that they really are above the law. Yes. Well, they are the law. They're Chuck no Schumer would have to inu- initiate it. Really that aren't. won't happen. Chuck well, Schumer's too fucking nice. Well, well but you know God, God bless uh, um, uh, Senator uh, Sheldon Whitehouse of Rhode Island because he actively wants to start putting together an ethics board of some sort that will handle ethics issues on the Supreme Court so that they cannot simply act as a law unto themselves. Well, the other thing, too, Robin, is, and this is the one thing that nobody's ever seemed to talk about, the Congress can limit the can limit the, the uh, uh, jurisdiction of the Supreme Court anytime it wants to. Sure. That's what all those flag-burning amendments were about back in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. They could say that the court doesn't have jurisdiction to hear... To hear any cases regarding uh, uh, their own ethics or whatever. Uh, here's a, but here's a fun one. I wonder if anybody's ever thought of this up there. Wouldn't it be? It, and now that we're in the minority uh, in the House, this is, you know, one of the things that Republicans do so well is they throw shit at the wall until something sticks. Mm-hmm. They flood the zone. Yeah. Nice football analogy. Well played. Uh, isn't... Uh, but wait, isn't I mean, let me just finish the idea. Or, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Congress could theoretically say the Supreme Court shall have no ju- jurisdiction whatsoever in matters touching upon the, uh, the, 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 the bodily autonomy and privacy rights of people capable of becoming pregnant. Or anybody. Anybody. But if oh, you, you know, but if you yeah. really if you really wanted to make all those little pointy headed weirdos who were climbing off the bus in DC today's heads explode, that would do it. Yeah, and you know what? They here's what would really do it. And I, I'm right. I'm right with you, Robin. That sh- that should have been a a provision in the two bills, the, the Respect Marriage Act and the other one. That that this bill limits the, or, uh, the, 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 any the, you know what I'm saying uh, lim- what the bill would say that the Supreme Court has no jurisdiction to hear uh, uh, to uh, um, rule on the constitutionality of these laws. Bodily autonomy. Uh, no, the two laws privacy. that they, the two ones they passed. There were uh-huh. you put a provision in those that they could not hear. Um, uh, they could not hear cases, or not just the Supreme Court, but none of the federal courts 
could hear mm-hmm. cases challenging challenging those laws. They say you don't have the jurisdiction to do this. It's perfectly legal, perfectly constitutional. Could they do the same thing with the debt ceiling? They could. What? Thou shall not. Thou shall not rule on anything well, having to courts, do with but this. But I mean, matter? yeah, the courts aren't really the courts aren't really affiliated. Uh, uh, they're they're not involved in that. And the courts probably would. Well, ultimately, don't you think the question is going to come up to them? No, no, no. This is strict. No, no. This is this is strictly a constitutional matter for the legislature. It is it is a it is a power that is vested solely to the legislature. Well, you know, I mean, we're 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 a little short on time, but I got to mention that uh, uh, Clanny Oakley, Lauren Bobblehead Boobert is feeling <laughs> stage one in which Doris gets her oats. She's feeling her oats, y'all. She put out a tweet today. Let it be known, the Oversight Committee will be looking into the Biden regime's attempts to hide his classified document scandal from the Merkin people. Sunlight is the best disinfectant, Joe. So let's see if your aviators, she capitalized aviators, can hold up to all we're about to shine on you. God bless. I, 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 would, I would love it. I would love it. I would love it if, if Corinne Jean-Pierre would just look into the camera and say, shine this, girly. Bring it, bitch. Bring it. We need a lot more disinfectant. We, you know, well, we tried with well, the last administration. There's, there's that line from Goodfellas, did you bring your shine box? Oh yeah, that's uh, Joe Pesci. That's a Joe Pesci line. Joe Pesci, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right? Vincent Joe Pesci, yeah, in the bar room. And what is that guy's name with the curly hair? Frank somebody? He's been in a lot of uh, of those types of movies. Frank Vincent. Frank yeah and uh, by the way just from and this from the department of winning there'll be so much winning you'll be sick of all the winning uh, I, I was sick on the first day actually well <laughs> it, you know how to, I never settle a lawsuit I never do I only win well the federal the federal judge in his case against uh, um Letitia James trying to protect the stupid uh, protect his money against Letitia James being able to nose around in it. Um, the federal judge hearing the case issued a note saying, "This case is verging perilously close to being an absolutely undeniably frivolous lawsuit. Y'all might want to do something about that." And lo and behold, he. <laughs> folded like a cheap suit, fell apart like a house of cards, and ran and dismissed his own lawsuit. Withdrew it. Uh, And then... uh, Could he have been a little bit scared about the discovery routine on that? Of course. But then there's the uh, lawsuit he filed against Hillary. Yeah, he just got called out on that. And he just called judge out judge uh, federal down. judge Donald Middlebrooks, not a, also known as not Aileen Cannon, wrote a 46-page decision 
Mr. Trump is a prolific and sophisticated litigant who is repeatedly using the courts to seek revenge on political adversaries. He is the mastermind of strategic abuse of the judicial process, and he cannot be seen as a litigant blindly following the advice of a lawyer. And then he went on to talk about, uh, mentioned the lawsuit, and he said, No reasonable lawyer would have filed it. Intended for a political purpose, none of the counts of the amended complaint stated a cognizable legal claim. And, he, and then, this is the fun port part, he granted a million dollars in sanctions against Nitwit Nero and, I don't know, the parking lot lawyer. Uh, 916000 close enough to a yeah. million to call it a million, yep. And, and said outright, this was frivolous. Those are called, Boy, ru- that's called that. Rule 11 sanctions, baby. They could take that ruling you know, and I, just carbon I, copy it for the next judge, you know? After those uh, those rebukes from the bench, after those rebukes from the bench, I wonder if he's got a special room set up, all done up in plastic, just for ketchup throwing. <laughs> I mean, you, he's he's got to have that outlet, otherwise his head's going to explode. Fuck! I should talk my talk to my broker and, and invest he's- in. Put it all in Heinz. Nah, I was about to say. I knew where you were going, Christopher. <laughs> he's a cheap fuck. He's he, he he's using he's using grocery store brand ketchup. Yeah, like Laurel Lynn. Yeah, they they got they they got cases of this shit, you know. And he just takes he just takes the lid off. Somebody pull because you know tiny hands, so somebody has to pull the little sticky top off after he and he just flings it off. Just good Leticia, good Hillary Clinton, million dollars, and he's just flinging it on the wall. I don't I think he's too cheap for that. What he's doing is having somebody go into like uh like a hot dog joint and steal the, the steal, steal the, the little packages, yeah. Because that's like, you know, here at our house we have we have a condiments drawer. I said condiments, <laughs> damn it. You know, yes. we got this one drawer you open up, and there's all the instructions to the appliances you don't have anymore, two or three random packages of screws, um, a, a replacement, a replacement frother, a, a replacement frother thing for the, for the, for the milk frother, and then there's like, there's like 900 packets of various flavors of Taco Bell, taco sauce, ketchup, mustard. Mayo, it's all because if you soy ever, sauce, you just saw oh, of course, and and duck sauce, absolutely, duck sauce, yes. and that mustard, yes. desiccated mustard, uh, yeah, that hot mustard. <laughs> oh God, I, I guess Flavio is not listening tonight. But yeah. the other day, yeah. the other day on Facebook, when he said, "What, what, what do you call it? Like at the Chinese restaurant, that mustard that's so hot, and Flavio, it's called mustard." <laughs> what do you call that mustard at the Chinese restaurant? Mustard. Yep. Mustard. Like, what color is this red apple? Oh, Flavio, I love you, my friend. Yeah. Uh, I don't think, they, is, I, I think don't either, they call it either the packets or he, you know, like in some restaurants they have like those squeeze bottles that are yellow or red for to put on uh-huh. your hot dog. He's either get he either gets one of those. Hey, Robin, he's not. They they're not going. They're not buying any of this. They're boost. Up. They're boosting the <laughs> shit from mom and pop hamburger they're joints. Going to mom and pop and hamburger. They're fundraising on it. Heck now, you can heck now, you can have one of my squeeze ketchup bottles personally used by me to fling ketchup at the wall. Cause I lost again. I'm such a loser. 
on a digital e card. <laughs> can I, hey, can can I, someone so fit, fill my sippy cup with yeah. some more Diet Coke, please? Can, can I say something? I have been listening. I'm, I'm surprised we haven't touched on it tonight about whether he, he'll be indicted and who will indict him. Um, I don't know why I feel the need to talk about this, but I'm going to. I and I, I am first of all. I think the first in, in I think the first indictment is probably going to come from Georgia. Letitia um, James. I agree yeah. with that. No, name. not Letitia James. She's New York. It's uh, okay. Fanny. What's her name? Fanny. Farmer. Stop that! What's You're not name? helping. Yeah. You know what? Fanny the May. DA yeah, down there. Is it Fanny May? No. Shut no, up. no. I'm Fanny May. It's Fanny something. <laughs> Keep moving. I think Freddie that's the first one. I also I think Letitia James is going to um, maybe indict him. I do think that the the, the Alvin whatever his nut his nuts are here in um, New York is going to end up indicting him too because he got raked over the coals so much from the public. Steve, it's Fannie Willis. Fannie Willis just came to me. Yeah. I I do think that Garland will indict him. But I will, and I will also, I will also say this though, I give Garland a lot of leeway here, and the reason I have done that is because I think fundamentally, and I don't think it has anything to do with Garland being too slow or being too deliberate. I think I, or I think, yeah, I suspect, I think, I believe, whatever, that there is a that there has been a very large ongoing debate about if we indict him you better get him you better fucking get him because if they indict if the federal government indicts him and there's an acquittal I think and Robin you can tell me if I'm just being Pollyanna here I think that's the big fear because if you I mean think about what happened after the impeachment when they didn't convict him oh look I won ah. um, exonerated yeah I yeah exonerated you know, but which, which isn't is bullshit. What, he certainly wasn't. But so, I think that's what Garland is afraid of, or not maybe not afraid, but I think that's the big concern. I don't Very honestly concerned. think. I don't think Garland has a has qualms generally about indicting, and I think I actually think Garland has. He may be a little slower than I want, but I don't think it's nearly as what people think, and I don't think it's his, the fact that he's an institutionalist. Also, I suspect, and what what confirmed that for me was when this with this shit with Biden came out, when he appointed that special counsel so quickly. Yeah, that was, like next that day was that was beautiful because that set up. Yeah, that was that was the only potential answer. Yeah, that set up what this letter you just read, Robin, for them to say, "Fuck off." We've all, we're, we're, we've already got we've already got somebody on it. But here's the deal: it's not us. I we hired a special counsel from the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and let me also address something too. I hear a lot of people saying, "Well, why did they take so long to to appoint a special counsel for Trump?" Well, the reason is, had Trump not declared for the presidency, they probably wouldn't have. But I, I, you know, and this shit about, well, the Justice Department is supposed to be above politics. You know, politics is everywhere, guys. 
and gals, folks. Everything's politics. Everything's politics. You may not be you may not be interested in politics, but politics is interested politics in you. Is, is interested in you, and I frankly and I, and I understand people's frustration, but I that's ex, I don't think Garland has done anything. Again, I, I, I'm hesitant to say slow because I don't know. Because this, I mean, this is not this. Like it or not, we are probably going to indict a former president, and not. It's a maiden not, voyage, if there ever was. Well, not, right? But it's a, it's a, it's a Hobson's choice: the horse by the door, or no, no horse at all. To leave right. this un, to leave this untouched is to imperil the republic. I and I completely agree. And to indict a former president is to imperil the republic. Yeah, you have to you have to you you have to come down on the side that you think provides a greater chance for the preservation of the republic. Right, and I, I, and the other thing too is, I I've been, if anything, if if I'm if I'm not anything, I'm not hasty. Sometimes people think I'm hasty because they think I come up with this. I come up with things because I don't talk about them, but I do a lot of thinking and writing and researching, you know, before I come up with something. And I've been thinking a lot about this, you know, all of these prosecutions with these, these slow, or these, these, uh, what appear to be less than adequate jail sentences with the, with the uh, insurrectionists, the terrorists. Mm -hmm. The other thing too is, is that if you think about what Trump did, you know, a lot of people are talking about, and I, I agree with what's going on with the, the asylum process and blah, 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 and, and what Biden's administration is doing. But I think fundamentally, fundamentally, that what Trump did in four years was, was so broke the government that there is so much going on and so much bad. And I, th I think of like uh, immigration. He hollowed out uh, immigration, uh, the USCIS is what it's now called, so much that I think it's taking this long just to figure out what the actual problem is, putting aside what the solution is. Now, maybe I'm giving Biden and Garland. Well, no, I mean, it's, a, it's, an ancient, it's an ancient maxim that you never shoot at the king unless you know you can kill yeah. him. And I think, Robin, I think it's all this shit is they, look, whatever you say about Trump, Trump hired Bannon. Bannon is a fucking genius. I'm sorry to say it. I don't like it. He's a mad genius. But this was, and you can go back, flood the zone. We're going to flood the zone. We're going to flood the zone. We're going to flood the zone. That's what this was about. We're flooding the zone so that there is so much bad going on that you don't know where to start. And I think, and again, maybe I'm being Pollyanna here. And, and every, anybody on the phone, on the call here? Can, this is, hide, well, no, I, I agree with you, Steve. This is hiding in plain sight. But we are over time. I think you're right. And, you know, the, the, the federal courts, or, the, or rather the DOJ, is legendary for not bringing a charge unless they are like 95% certain that they've got them dead to rights. And, so, and this even more so, I think. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, it's got to be it's yeah. got to be something approaching 100%. Uh, but because because we like to because we uh, go ahead go ahead Scott. Well, you want to wait on the back porch, Scott? Well, no, th this is good for the whole group. Just as right. quick, in terms of per percentages, 
how much of it is hesitancy because of what Trump will try to make of it? And how what percentage are his minions out there ready and willing to do whatever? Well, I think that's part of it, too. Sure it is. It, it, it can't not be. Yeah. But you cannot yeah, yeah. But you cannot refuse to defend the Constitution and the Republic simply because you're afraid that some treasonous assholes won't like it. And Robin, well, sure, you, yeah. Robin said, it "Yeah, that would have been like running away from Fort Sumter." Oh, okay, Robin, we'll go away now. Robin said it perfectly. Garland has a Hobson's choice. What this is, this is chemotherapy with with a cancer. Do we let the cancer? Um, what what's going to you know if we if we yeah do we, we let the cancer kill the patient or do we risk that the chemo will and or, or that that the, we can we can use the chemo which is the indictment here enough that will kill the cancer before it kills the patient but I mean, like it, inter- but but like it like I said I'd like to end on a giggle well let uh, me interject something real quick before you do Robert okay Steve do me a favor okay. do me that favor. You know, they're all running around with their hair on fire about the debt. If you go back, and I heard a statistic today, it's very interesting, from George Washington to the present, Trump created 25% of the debt that we're in. 25%. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, let that sink in. Go ahead. Thank you. And it was done in absolute corruption. A couple of things. Um we are uh, we'll be around 800 $780 come monday that's fine i have a huge thank you to send i've mentioned the fact that we are i have been in a grave crisis relative to my automobile because we keep getting eaten alive by all the debts all the all the bills you know when clean coal that kind of you know, clean coal electricity etc cetera, etc cetera. um a friend of this program who wishes not to be identified has solved the car problem. Uh, there is no more risk of that. And I want to offer up the just absolutely my most heartfelt thanks and those of the people in my family who rely on that to keep us going, especially since we've got little ones in the house who have to be, I mean, have to be able to travel. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Now, for the just for the little giggle to end the program, George Conway tweeted, and Steve in New York, you're going to love this. Christopher, you're going to love this because, well, we are shameless lovers of wordplay here. George Conway tweeted, Alina did not have a nice day yesterday. But it only gets better or worse depending on how you look at things uh, because the nature of the $937,989.39 in attorney's fees uh, for frivolous litigation that was awarded, Steve, will, uh, Steve in New York will know exactly what this means. It was awarded jointly and severally against both Alina and Trump. Oh! Someone's going to be withdrawing. Well, so in other words, I mean, I love joint and several liability from a plaintiff standpoint because the plaintiff can then go and take it from whoever they want to, and they have to pay, and then it's up to the defendants to fight it out amongst themselves. So, That's you know, great. I hope it doesn't hurt too little. And come on, Nitwit Nero, 
lets you and her fight. So because oh, you, be you know Hillary is it safe? Well, you know Hillary. You know Hillary is going to go right after Nitwit Nero for the whole for the whole oh. amount, which she I, legally can do, and he must pay. I'm crying right now. <laughs> and then that joy. leaves Nitwit Nero to sue the council for the parking garage for her part. Namely, which half a million have. dollars. Yeah. Which she doesn't have. Oh, you mean I, you mean he might get stiffed this time? Oh, yes. For shame. It's a beautiful thing. Oh, give but, that but judge the, a but the But yes, let's do oh, give shit. that judge a cow. Love me some joint and several liability. So Peter Strzok responded to George Conway. Uh, you know, remember George said Alina did not have a nice day yesterday. Peter Strzok responded and said. Gonna have a open a line of credit to pay all those sanctions. <laughs> Cowbell for that. And then uh, I dare say the sound of generic ketchup packets being opened. <laughs> oh no, no, it's 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 flamenco dancing with ketchup packets. I'm telling you. And then finally, finally, against the Scottish the wind farm. Putting a pretty little bow on it all, another guy, another person comes along and says, Hillary, is Habba a good day? Oh, yeah. Oh, this is beautiful. Oh. Pay me. The best sex he's had in a long time tonight. Dear Mr. Trump, please immediately remit $936,989.03 payable to Hillary Clinton. And Jesus, Hillary, if you don't stand there, if you don't have a picture taken holding the goddamn check with Nitwit Nero's signature on it, you're not the badass I thought you were. And I was the graphics department to make a big one. Big, uh, PCH check. I, I was, I was exactly. thinking of, think of the, uh, the Caddyshack scene where, where the judge wasn't going to pay Rodney. And he says, hey, Rocco and whoever, help the judge yeah. find his paycheck. Yeah. Help the judge find his checkbook. Yeah, checkbook, yeah. Yeah, or from, uh, uh, what, what is it, the, what's the Adam, Adam Sandler movie? No, 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 I want one of those big checks like you gave him. Oh, please, oh, please, please. So he... I would love to see when he meets with... He's going he's gonna to have a heart attack when he has to meet with her and she says, well, um, they can come after either one of us for all of it. They're going to come after you. <laughs> and that's when Hillary shows up and goes, no, honey, I want it from you. I want it from you. I want it from you. And you can sign it so you can sign that check so big the king of Eng, the king of England won't have to use his spectacles to read it. He can use his so sharpie. Find your sharpie. <laughs> Here, Donald, I brought you a special sharpie. <laughs> the one with the chiseled tip. Robin, thank you for, for that. a chiseler. I, I, that was just. Wait, you missed it. Here, Donald, I brought you the special sharpie with the chiseled tip, for a chiseler. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> oh, it just mm, gives me the happiest that little tingle. How long has it been since we ended on a happy movie. note like this? Oh, this was a good one. This was a good one. Not quite up there with trim, trimming your tree limbs 
Never mind. Stop. I should. That poor man. That poor man. Call the guy. Say it, Steve. Not you in New York, Steve. Steve from Georgia. Say it. Say it. Always call the guy. Call the guy. Yeah. Call the guy, Representative Greg Stupid. Call the guy. Yeah, Craig, yeah, climbing up your Laying there in the hospital bed. Why, why haven't you trimmed why haven't you trimmed the tree limbs yet, Greg? Greg, when are you gonna trim the tree limbs? Got it, Greg. The tree limb needs trimming. It's it, it's dry it's 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 dropping it's dropping palm fronds in the in in the swimming pool, Greg. We've gotta trim those limbs. Palm tree his own limbs. <laughs> All I had to do was call the guy, but it was Saturday. God damn it. It was a Wednesday. Well, well, yeah, that's right. It was. Yeah. They, they, well, I want to know that, why they weren't DC working because this Republican Congress said they were going to work, work, work. Work, 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 work. Hello, boys. Did you miss me? I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. Harumph. Okay, I got to leave. We all got to leave. Uh, uh, thank you, Jude. Jude said your car saved. In the silence of others, great actions occur, dear Robin. Yes, indeed. This is a miraculous community. And that, oh boy, that qualifies as a community-made miracle. Thank you. And so, we come to the end of the program. Thank you to our uh, Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thank you to our our a la carte contributors. Thank you so, so, so much. Thank you. To each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thank you to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you, Roger. Thank you, Sparky. Thank you, Steve. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Uh, by the way, Malloy is back on the air, but there's some technical stuff with us getting the file. So no Malloy this evening. We'll try to work it out, work that out over the weekend. Um, wherever you listen to the program, please like and subscribe and leave a comment and tell your friends and neighbors. God, I'd love to just... Uh, no, I don't want a Limbaugh-sized audience, but it would be nice if more people could participate and ha- make their voice heard where other, where no other radio show lets them. This does not, of course, include maggots, Republicans, etc., etc. Um... Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest-working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. Twenty-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia. And a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Get your, uh, get your booster. Get your flu shot. Wipe down your surfaces. Help, help stop the spread of RSV, especially among our little ones. Wear your mask. It's mask time. Because, you know, the maggots. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer. Carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance 15 to 20 feet, like Paul from Parts Unknown says. And if somebody happens to come towards you saying, God damn it, I've got to pay the whole million dollars. Son of a- avoid, that, uh, avoid that orange uh, monstrosity. Maybe I could plant it. Could I? You know, why didn't I make the platinum coin? I could have just hidden it in a box. Like the plague. Because he is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you.
Later.